Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm based on the novel Push by Sapphire. I mean, I'm Alex. And it's pronounced Britain. I'm Britain. As in just a ton of movies. <laughs> it is. I no, mean, if you've ever heard me talk. Oh, boy. Well, guys, uh, how are we doing this week? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna be making that sound a lot today. Because what movie are we talking about? Oh my God, it's Captain Marvel. About... Oh, well, hey, uh, Captain Marvel. It, it was my I, that was my bit. You, you took it. You took it right. Yeah, you tell me. the numbers. He does the uh, yeah, he, he does yeah. the word, and I do all the jokes. You're the, ma- you're, you're the math guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everything yeah, is different now. <laughs> well, another one for the blooper reel. <laughs> Tyler, like, Tyler, you're the editor. You can always go in, re-record it, and just yes. insert it. It's fine. <laughs> It'll all be fine. But those are like the middle of the episode. I was going to say, I, I, I'm, I'm very much tempted to do that and then like just slam it in the middle. Like just, we forget about this bit, we move on, and then I'm just going to slap it somewhere. I'm not even going to look at where it is. I'm just going <laughs> to... Some random time yes. code. It's just going to be me screaming at the top of my lungs. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Now this is but this is because we are doing superhero catch up and uh, we're starting with Captain Marvel, the first MCU movie I've reviewed with you guys. I wasn't here for when you guys did the full MCU. I've no. reviewed Marvel comics movies like we I did right, right, right. X Men Apocalypse and I chimed in on Logan, <laughs> and that might be it. Well, I did it. Yeah, that might be it. Anyway, mm-hmm. but uh, this is my first of the Marvel Cinematic. Now, universe. have you? Are you caught up? Aside from, I know you have not seen. I've not seen Endgame or Far As From yet, Home. Or you, you will soon. I will soon for the show. Uh, this is yeah, yeah. I'm all caught up. Okay, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, I, I I don't remember every single detail, but well enough that I won't go into Endgame. You know, conf- confused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie answered a lot of questions. You know, like there's a cat now. <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah, fair enough. All right. <laughs> so this movie has a um, uh, something on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh... <laughs> it has scores. That that is true. It has a, it has a captain has... in the critics, uh, the, a critic score of Captain and an audience score of Marvel. Mm-hmm. I was going to say I don't I don't think it's like whichever Bond movie we said where it doesn't actually have an audience score. We're <laughs> <laughs> just like no, put that that's away. good. What are, what, are, what are the numbers, Alex? Uh, so Captain Marvel from 2019, directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. It has a 78% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 54% audience score. Um, Which is... I don't even know if we want to get into like the, the quote-unquote political side of this movie or if we just want to completely ignore it and just focus on the film. Because I, I think, think all the politics yeah. behind it is very dumb. Well, I mean, and specifically, like, I mean, that that audience score, like, that's yeah, that was very much. It's it's it's, it's like people hacking it, like it's <laughs> right. You know, I I think yeah. that we can all ultimately say we are three straight white guys, and in a way, it's very privileged of us to not talk about sure. certain sure. issues. And uh, but at the same time, we're not the best people to give voice. Right. And I think that we can really say uh, there was a lot of troll action yeah. going on. Yes. And fortunately, I think the movie. Really does stand in its own, however you feel about the movie. It is its own entity, and I think it's a movie that exists well enough apart from all of the sure. political. I think stuff. it'll it'll come up a little bit, and I I don't really think of it so much as 
it be, I know people like say it's this way. Right. I don't really think of it as, I mean, especially the movie's not political in that way. No. no. Um, maybe, maybe you can almost argue it doesn't say enough. <laughs> like it doesn't mm. have enough of a thing to say, I should say. Sure, sure. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm sure it'll come up. I mean, we somehow managed to turn, uh, our crimes of Grindelwald podcast into like a rant about like, uh, representation of homosexuality in film. Mm. I don't know if you listened to that one. Before. I haven't yet, but, uh, uh, but yeah, that. that turned into just like a sure. very like. <laughs> I mean, there's, honestly, there's a lot to be said about it, <laughs> and that, then you know? specifically yeah. with that film, so it could come up. It's, I mean, yeah, we all I think know the general story of of the, the parties involved that that right. weaponized this movie into really one party that weaponized this sure. movie into something that it was not. Um, yeah, I, I did a little internet catch up. Yeah. Uh, yesterday or this morning to kind of you know understand that a little bit better. But at the same time, I feel like sh- should we establish that we are all generally like we we like Brie Larson. I, I that, do. Yes. That, I don't know how you, how you. If no, I, 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 no, I like Brie Larson a lot. Um, I, I I tend to not pay attention to people like outside of the movies anyway. Sure. So mm-hmm. I tend to just focus on the work that they've done. So when I, you know, when I I saw kind of her comments being like, "Oh, I don't need some some straight white dude telling me how they felt about a wrinkle in time," or whatever, mm-hmm. I I, I kind of see both sides. I don't yeah, really care. I, I'm kind of just nonplussed. <laughs> and, that, and that's also a sentence that that sentence can be weaponized so easily. Yeah. And you know, fortunately with with her, I think there are a lot of artists who their out-of-art life is something that you really shouldn't ignore when you're right. looking at uh, a Harvey Weinstein, for example, right. uh, or a Kevin Spacey, something like that. Uh, but I think with this, this is one of those, like, you know, and I, personally, I totally, I'm, I'm very pro Brie Larson in a lot of ways, and but I, I don't feel like I have to like that to talk. I don't know. I don't feel like those opinions are so invasive right. Right. on her work. Like, I, I mean, know. like you said, it's, it's not talking about Harvey Weinstein. Talking yeah, about exactly. someone who is frustrated with the way people were reporting on her movies. Yeah, we're not talking about someone who has gone out and harmed other humans. Yes. And how does that and affect? I yeah, I really don't have any problems with her comments yeah. or anything. It's very easy for me to put that as like. I mean, there are people who I whose opinions I don't like, but I can still enjoy their movies because it's like sure. this person may seem like kind of an egomaniac, but like mm-hmm. they're not hurting anybody, so I can still like their movie. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. Not like it's fine, but it doesn't disrupt my viewing of it. And, sure. You know, in general, I think movies are born of culture and they are born of society. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of movies where to not talk about cultural and societal elements is a disservice to that movie. If we were, if if we ever did an episode on Get Out, we couldn't discuss Get Out without discussing the thing it it discusses. But this movie, in and of itself, is fairly apolitical. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, I mean, I think we're really we're discussing the trolling stuff right now, but. You know, ultimately, this is a movie that I think we can just talk about as an MCU entry, as a superhero movie. Yeah, yeah. And we can talk about the female representation and everything, but, you know, I, I don't think it's something... I think it's good, Alex, to bring it up, because, at least in terms of right now, it's very potent in the zeitgeist. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, hopefully, uh, one day, it won't be, and this will be, this this element will feel dated. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's good to mention it, and it's good that we acknowledge our privilege, but also I don't think it's something that the 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 format of this podcast is one to hey let's just talk about a movie and we've actually talked about other franchises and directors and stuff we felt do we really want to do that and then have to confront a person associated with that movie and confront that issue yes. and we've decided not to do some of those yes. movies um, and 
that wasn't an issue in choosing no. this movie for us. We were all like, yeah, we can totally do it. And I think it's, yeah, I, I, I think it's good to bring it up, but I think we're probably all right. Yeah, I think that's all that needs to be said about it. Yeah. What's your, your best thing and worst thing? Alex oh, you're, you're putting me on the spot. I mean, I'll put you in. <laughs> Are you doing this because you don't have one? I, well, that too. I never <laughs> have one, though. It's just, you know, uh, I, I, I don't I, and then I do. That's Yeah, you know, right. It's, that's the magic of thought. I really. can go or Alex, if you want to go, whatever you're feeling. Uh, go ahead and go. I, I'm just going to let everyone know um, the trusty list of misgivings has returned, oh um, though not as violently as it has with some of the other movies where, where it's <laughs> shown up. Um, the, the, the the strangely targeted Ant-Man and the Wasp. Correct. Uh, I, I will say, when I'm thinking about how I'm grading this, this will be closer to Ant-Man and the Wasp and Thor the Dark World. I do think, overall, this is on the lower end of Marvel movies. Um, I have a lot of problems with it. Didn't hate it, though. I think it's pretty entertaining, but there's problems. Sure. So, yeah, go ahead, Burden. Yep. Uh, well, I think my... Let me see. I'll start with my worst thing. Uh, you know, I went into this movie wanting to like it more than I ended up liking it. I don't hate it by any means, but I think my worst thing is the overall muddiness <laughs> of the movie. And I wish that I had a better way to elaborate no, on I th- it. No, I think that's... Yeah. So, so a, a, a nice sort of example of this is the beginning of this movie. A lot of the MCU, MCU movies start off in media res Mm -hmm. we're in some big mission they're going to this bunker for hydra thor is talking to surter whatever we're we're already in the middle iron man's convoy gets attacked in the desert right yeah we we are it happens very quickly if we're not already in it and this movie did that in the same way but it felt a lot harder for me to access throughout most of the movie i felt like okay i i understand what ultimately what's happening and the characters, but like I'm just having trouble hooking into this, and it just feels very hazy, and right. it, it felt hard for me to touch base with this overall entity. And I think muddy is just the best word I can I can find for it. Yeah. And that said, through all of that, I did see my best thing, and this is an easy one, but is going to be Brie Larson. I thought she was a ton okay. of fun. I really, really loved her her performance in this movie. I liked. There were times when I felt she was a little over wry, mm-hmm. a little too many of the. Uh-huh. What do you think? <laughs> but that also, how much of that is writing and directing? Right. Um, but she was really funny. I loved when she's fighting one of the scrawl and they roar at her and she roars back at them. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really mm-hmm. funny and, and, and human. Um, and just in general, she, she is an actor who mostly I've seen her, I've realized I've seen her in a lot more things than I thought I had. But normally she's in like very sort of, you know, realistic dramas like Room or something. Yeah. And, but even when you see her in a more heightened thing like Scott Pilgrim or in this, she's still very grounded and there's still something yep. very accessible about her. Yeah. And so, I, you know, one of the consensuses that I heard about this movie was, she's great, I wish she had a better movie, and I totally agree with that. You know, I really enjoyed her and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing her in future, uh, yep. in, in future things that, that maybe utilize her particular, her particular set of skills. I'm, I'm very excited for whatever, because I don't know... She's she's in Endgame, obviously. Right, um, right, right. Uh, uh, Britain, you have not seen it, so I don't want to give too much away. Yeah. Uh, she's not really like highly like she's not I a major that, yeah. player. Yeah, um, because they so, plan on using her. She's, she's getting a sequel, right? Yeah, doing I believe. I don't know if they've. This movie like, made over a billion it. dollars. She's getting the but sequel. Yes, yeah, they, yeah, they for sure. Yeah, um, and I'm very excited for that. I'm very, I'm very, especially because that I assume might take place kind of in between oh, okay. the time period of when this movie comes yeah. out and when Endgame is. And so maybe we'll get some more of kind of what happened in between there. Maybe we'll get some more fun kind of 
cosmic interweaving yeah, with some yeah. of the other uh, MCU franchises. Um, my, I'm, I'm, or you could yeah, no, that, that's pretty much it. Like, okay. I feel like the movie was hard to access, but whenever I could clue into it, I really enjoyed what she was okay. getting up to. Um, I was gonna say because going off your muddy thing, my worst thing I think is the is ultimately the beginning. Um, yeah. the, I would say the first. I would say the first act, and I think that impacts the rest of the movie. I would agree because of the problem, the, the choices they make there. Um, kind of immediately after I, because I, I felt the same way watching this in the theater, and immediately after, Alex, you probably remember me freaking out about this. I really felt like the movie should have started directly in the middle of that of the scrolls kind of scrubbing through her memory mm. um, to try and like cut through some of the sure. the, the weird stuff beforehand and watching right. this again um, I think I might have seen it twice in theaters I'm not sure I may have only seen it I don't know this is my second or third time watching it watching it again I realized that I think I would take it even further and actually say that I think the movie should start with her crashing into the blockbuster okay. I think the movie in much of the same way and oh, oh I'm getting a nod from Alex here we go um, that, I, think, I, I think there's many ways you can improve this movie yes. that's a very easy one yes yeah. uh, and specifically we, we had this exact same complaint about the first Thor which is that the first Thor does not ever really give you a chance to think is he actually a god is he just mm-hmm. a crazy dude what you know what's with his hammer like what's really going on yeah and and that would be that's a i mean that's very much a a, a thing that comes from the ultimates uh, okay. which is what a lot of the mcu oh, oh. I, I agree with you kind of and kind of not like i think yes that is something that we pointed out in the first thor but i think there's something very key in that movie that that does correctly that this doesn't um okay. And that, yeah, that do really you want to comes, say that real quick because I'm very curious. Well, well, it really comes down to I think Thor has a compelling arc in that movie, and I don't sure. think Captain Marvel sure. does in this movie at all. True, true. Um, and so that's so my point with her crashing in the blockbuster. If you do, I mean, I my the main thing that I resist about the beginning of this movie is that we start off on Hala, and yes. we Hala. That's yeah, the last yeah, time yeah, I'll do it. Sure. I, Good I job, Captain Britain. Um, Thank you, Captain guys. Britain. You know what? <laughs> she really did become kind of a Hala bat girl. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm genuinely ashamed. Um, I am in podcast timeout. <laughs> but I I think that the fact that it spends that time there, and I I do like the the first scene with her and um, John Rog Jude Law. Yeah, I like that. I li- I like their interaction there of like, okay, we're setting up the fact that he's kind of you know clearly sort of gaslighting her, <laughs> like he's you know right. he knows what's going on, but he's sort of yeah yeah I like that. And obviously, like, the the introduction of the Supreme Intelligence there, that does sort of give us some more info. Right. But if you if you drop her right there, you can do such a fun Buzz Lightyear thing. Oh, yeah. Where, where, where you've got, you know, in the, obviously in the Toy Story movies, which we will do at some point. Yeah, but there's um, no, like, fish out of water. Yes, yeah, so you've got the... And specifically, you've got, oh, Buzz is... A, you know, everyone thinks he's a crazy man. Yeah. Um, in this case, he's not a crazy man. She, she actually is correct in all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you... It, literally, if you just cut everything else out before that point, you would obviously have to introduce some of that... Some of the flashbacks and everything. You yeah. have to pull that back in throughout the, and kind of spread it throughout the movie. But here's just a couple of things that I think would be hugely impactful if you start it there and then these are the ways you get introduced to certain elements of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, for example... Um, if you, you cut it off there, and I don't remember exactly when the scene of the scrolls shape-shifting on the beaches, yeah. but if you get rid of that and you just have it be she crash lands, some the, one of the scrolls... Is it, is it just that the scroll tries to shoot at her, or is it a... I don't remember if it's a blaster, or what exactly happens there. Um, oh, the, I think it just tries, the scroll. 
there's one on the roof. Yeah. And she shoots at it. Uh, and so, like, that's your, you know, like, she, you would also, um, quick note here, you would have to remove the, her, like, actually, and this is what I was thinking of with Buzz Lightyear is, you have her trying to communicate to Yon rog uh, and it yeah. doesn't actually, you just don't have that conversation, you don't yeah, have, yeah. like, the communication pickup, but then you have that be, like, how he, you know, he gets a distress signal or something right, like that. Right, right. And so she's trying to connect, and then Sam Jackson walks up and he's like, oh, how, what you doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's a snake in my boot. Yeah, something like that. I'm tired uh, of these Monday to Friday snakes in my big boot or whatever. <laughs> you know, I think that's a quote. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they censored the word plane for the TV. <laughs> yes. Um, so... You yeah she you then have that so you 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 know she crashes there's the really fun bit where she the guy pulls up and, and she's like oh I'm I'm a I'm an uh, alien uh, warrior are you <laughs> you uh you uh, guarding the sector and he's like well there's another guy for the movie theater right right, right. Um, that's a lot of fun you get all that you you know then you you dive right into the chase we don't really know exactly mm-hmm. this, what their deal is with the the, the shapeshifter I mean she's saying that there's these shape shifting aliens that are infiltrating right um, and then you have the uh the chase happened and you have that moment where she just punches this old lady yeah it's a little bit more like oh what's happening here right. and then you see like the transformation where the that scroll transforms into yeah. this other guy and it's like oh well, that was kind of freaky what's going on mm-hmm. and then the first time we get a good look at the scroll is the dead one yeah that was impersonating colson right that gets hit by the the bus or whatever and so like you and then of course the the reveal happens with ben mendelson and like I think that right there immediately casts this in a more interesting light. And also, we, we don't know for sure that there's this big Cree homeworld out there. We don't really know much about all yeah. that. So there's a lot more, like, how, who, you know, there's just a lot more mystery to it. There's a lot more, like, how much is everyone telling the truth here, especially right. in a movie that is so centered on memory and, and you know, are you really who you think you are and, and trying to play play your, yeah. with the audience's perspective, or, um... Expectation? Perception. Perception. That was the word. <laughs> I got stuck for a second. Um, trying to play with the audience, per, audience's perceptions of, oh, who's the bad guys and who's the good guys. And, yeah. You know, like, you, you get a little more of that. You also have the first time, if you do that, you have the first time that uh, we realize that she was a human at one point. Mm-hmm. B, where she sees the, the, the picture and she's in the blurry, blurry in the background mm. climbing up on the plane. And there's just a lot of bits like that where if you remove that first chunk and leave it like, we're learning these things sort of with the audience and, and I think this would also really refocus the, the beginning of the movie on her and Fury's relationship yeah like there's just a lot of momentum and tension and, and world building that works I think a lot better if you take out a lot of those elements even yeah. though I do I do think the uh, the opening fight um, not the opening fight but the early on fight with her with her arms or her uh her fists oh, trapped yeah. in the, the metal yeah, things. I think that's good. fun. I think where she's, she's there, banging yeah. things around and she's trying to like blow them off. And I think that's a fun little bit. Yeah, I agree. Um, but ultimately, I think if you start it on Earth, smash cut, blockbuster, 1996 or whatever, yeah. and then you kind of roll from there, I think that's fun. Right. I think that that makes the movie flow a lot better. I think what you would have to do is probably bring Yon-Rog in at the end of the, the first act. Or like have him come in to save them from the scrolls yeah. and then like have him be kind of like oh i'm i'm yeah we're we're buddy buddy yeah, you know and yeah. and you know you can kind of turn that into a little bit more of a, a maybe a trio of people and you mm-hmm. know kind of interacting and i think that that i mean you kind of introduce him and um maria rambo yeah. around the same time i think you can do some stuff with that that would just make the whole thing a lot more of a slow build mm-hmm. in a good way 
until you get to the end where it's like, oh, here's Ronan with a giant Kree yeah, starship. Yeah, yeah. And then have that just be like right. the presence of the Kree in this movie is just he shows up and it's like, what? Yeah. Um, I think beginning at Hala is, and you know, immediately introducing us to the Kree Supreme Intelligence and everything. And then we go to the planet and the planet has the scrolls and the scrolls are impersonating and there's a trap and, yeah. oh, they captured her and then the scrolls are messing with her mind and she has to break out from the scrolls and then she gets it. Like, that entire thing yeah. feels like a prologue and it takes 20 minutes. Well, and, the, the, uh, and they're hinging you know, so much on the twist that the scrolls aren't actually bad. Yes. is like, okay, cool, but that's not really what we're here for. Yes. I yeah, also it, wouldn't. Well, it, Captain Marvel has no personal stake in that. Exactly. Yeah. So and that's, we don't really connect on that level. And that's the, the, the other... fact that they, like... Really, the only card that they have left to play after they start going into her memories that early in the movie is just, oh, Captain Marvel, she was an alien, and she was working with the Skrulls, and they're good guys. And you would have to establish a bit of that some other way, um, because that's kind of what they're doing at the beginning of the movie, is she's taking theory to go try and figure out what happened to to, um, Wendy Lawson. And, but I, I think... The other thing that this does is that if you start off, she's on Earth, you know, she she is confident Kree warrior woman, and then like you're saying, she's not mess. Her memories aren't being messed with. She's not questioning who she is at that point. She's just she's a Kree warrior, and she's she's you know maybe her mission is just to find like maybe they just send her on the mission to go find Winnie Lawson. Like they just know they like figured out where she was, and they're like we have to go get her back, and so they they just send her there. And I don't know, maybe they messed up and they didn't realize that that was also where she came from i don't know yeah you can you can do something with that point is or maybe it's a test because they're trying to figure out how well they brainwashed her i don't know um but the point is that if you introduce her her there and she's just i am a confident kree warrior woman and i'm here to to get the job done and then you you introduce the doubt of oh why am i in this picture what's going on there and then maybe that's when you start maybe you start doing some like the the brainwashing is is failing so she starts like blacking out and having memories and things like that and sort of over time you you doll up those in so that by the time you get to the point where she has the this sort of revelation listening to the tape you know you've got a, a better idea of like oh she's she's really from earth and i think all of that comes together so much better if you don't try to bombard us with so much information early on and then yeah. let it let that drip in because i think that, like you're saying with brie larson and especially her chemistry with uh Samuel L. Jackson, oh, man. they're so great, they're and and you, and that can carry the movie. You don't have to know exactly what's going on or where they're going, and you can have Sam Jackson be a little bit more of the vehicle for the audience. And he's awesome like, in this. Yes, yes, and you can have him be sort of like, "What's going on? Who are you?" I mean, he yeah, questions yeah. her about the scrolls. We right, we get right. this information. Like, you can just have him be the guy who's asking the questions and trying to figure out what the heck's going on because, yeah. like, he's following her through that first battle, and he's like, "What's it? Huh? What? What? Yeah. Crazy alien? Dead alien? What's going? On? Like, he could so easily be that, our eyes in." He, he was or my backup. Our, our, our I as it is at the end. Uh, no eyes in until we get to the end, and then the cat said. does a dumb thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like I still it. Love that. <laughs> I know you love it. We we have I disagreed like on it. this from the beginning, yeah. and I I think that's excellent. We'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, I think that all of that rework in the movie, like this, feels so much like 
all right, we this is the first cut where everything we filmed stays in. Right, right. Which is crazy because this is not a long movie. It's like a little over two hours. Two and two, yeah. Two hours you could you could cut this into I think a really good hour and a half movie. Like yeah, that's yeah. or maybe not that may be stretching it a little bit, but like yeah, hour forty or something. Yeah. yeah, like and and I think that it would be really tight and really good and would be such a improvement or or maybe a perfection of the introductory hero movie formula right. that Marvel has kind of done over and over again. I think that. There, it they just leave too much in, <laughs> like there's there's too much repetition of information or and sort of ha- making the audience think they have to keep track of all of this very clearly, and and then it it yeah confuses the arc the characters going on and and everything. Like I think all of that really messes up, and I don't think it ever quite gets back on its feet from that point. Um, outside of maybe at the the end when she does have the the good moment where she's like. Oh no! I I am human. I'm gonna yeah. beat you guys up. I think that's I think that's a lot of fun. Um, where she kind of realizes her true powers. That's that's all quite nice. But again, that would have a lot more impact if we go from I'm I am just a Kree soldier to Oh wait, I'm actually human and I'm so much more powerful than they made me think. Yes, I think that, and that's all. Oh, that is what her arc ostensibly is. But we just never get a chance to settle in with her where she starts. Right. You know, it just she's continually confused and doubting everything right. throughout the entire movie and so we don't really get an idea of what she's what she's going for here there's also a moment and this is just before I forget about it this is not a huge deal the, the, when she fights the old woman on the, on the subway and everyone at the end is like whoa whoa we gotta protect this old lady that old lady has been spinning around and <laughs> judo kicking every, like this is a super powered old woman but nobody's like that's weird what if that old woman had started rapping is my next question Alex, what would have happened if that old lady started rapping, and how would it have gone? Uh, I was going to say Stanley would have gotten up and started breakdancing. <laughs> Do an old lady rap. Um. <laughs> Britain. I'm old. Oh, Captain Britain, I feel like you'd be much more suited for that. <laughs> My name's Alex, and I'm here to say that I hate these movies in a major way. You can do your best and worst now. That was delightful. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was just delightful. Thank you. It's based on Barney Rubble. Go ahead, sure. Tyler. Do your best thing. Uh, I think my best thing, and I feel bad because this is a movie that has, a, I think, a pretty great cast. Yes. Um, and, you know, obviously we've, we've talked about Brie Larson and, and Nick Fury, um, Sam, Sam Jackson being the <laughs> actor, uh, and uh, I, I don't know the name of the, the woman who plays... Maria Rambo, but no, stop, stop, man. She's, she's quite good. She's wonderful. Yeah, uh, Lashana Lynch. Is that yes, that sounds right. Yes, you're right. Yes, you're, yes, right. Yes. you're right. Because um, she is the new 007 in Bond 25. Ah, right, right. Oh, I cool. forgot about that. And everybody's um, losing their minds, even though they don't understand that 007 and James Bond are two separate entities. Right. right. Ah. Well, that's cool. Um, I like her. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the 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 child actress for Monica Rambo is also mm-hmm. excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think I got to give it to uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, yes. I think Talos you took is... my best thing, you uh, son of a gun. And I think specifically because he works so well for, like, he kind of replaces the need for an actual villain in this movie. Like, I mean, ostensibly it is Jude Law, yeah, yeah. But he's not really there a lot of the time. So, like, it is a really interesting. Again, with I think that Marvel has underst- finally understood that you know the villains can be interesting and still yeah. be very fun comic book characters. Um, 
taking this guy who's supposed to be like, oh, he's the head of the, the scrolls and he's yeah. trying to take over the world and he's evil, and then having him be sort of this this fun guy who's like menacing at first, and then mm-hmm. as they get to know him, he's like, oh, he he actually like he's he has heart, he has a family, you yeah. know, he's kind of funny. Uh, he and, and kind of funny. Oh yeah, like the bit where he shows up and he's drinking the soda. That's <laughs> wonderful. Um, kind of funny. He's thing. hilarious. Yeah, and so you're like, underselling his funny. Sure, sure. Uh, I think that is, and I think that's probably the best thing the movie executes overall yeah. is the twist that because that's something that we don't really get an idea of. Yeah, early well, on. I think it's even better that it's specifically Ben Mendelsohn in that role because he's been typecast yes. in these these yeah these bad guy roles mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. Rogue One, Ready Player One, movies that end in one. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Knight Rises like he keeps getting typecast in these roles where he's just like I'm evil man doing bad thing Yeah, and so yeah. it's nice like to where, where this something. one yeah. you, you think that he's doing the same thing he's just wearing green makeup and then yeah, yeah. it ends up being a twist no, I, I agree. Think, yeah, I, yeah I agree. before that twist I was like yeah Ben Mendelsohn's fine he's another boring Marvel villain whatever mm-hmm. and then as soon as they realized he wasn't a villain he became a really interesting character because yes. he was funny and he was dimensional and even though I feel like the prosthetic was holding him back a little bit sure like all this, like he was also, but he also carries through so well. He really does, both. Though. like, and, and even when he was doing this, like the scenes with his family, and it wasn't comedy; mm-hmm. it was drama. He sold that really beautifully. Mm-hmm. Like, I never watched Bloodline, but I need to because that was when he really got on everybody's radar. Gotcha. Was when he like won an Emmy for it, and he was supposed to be amazing. Um, but yeah, I thought he was a ton of fun in this mm-hmm. movie. I agree, mm-hmm. and I, I think he, I think Talos in general because of him and because of the writing. I mean, I think yeah, I, yeah. again, I think the movie does the best job making that the focal point and making that the thing that's like oh yes the, you know this is kind of turning it on its head um i think that's a lot of fun yeah. uh and i think that that like in general uh when i first saw the uh, the stan lee opening we haven't mentioned mm-hmm. but the, the dumpsters again more things that are happening off the microphone that we continue to point out and no one will ever actually hear um I'm just going to start making stuff up and being like... Two Autobots high-fived outside of the <laughs> yeah. apartment. It's great. Yeah. Um, but that original... Or that initial like opening with... It's like, oh, Stanley's face is on all the heroes and everything. Yeah. Which did totally bring a tear to my eye in the movie. That was, that was yeah, it's quite lovely. When I, when I saw that originally. Um, I, I remember seeing that and being like, oh, that was really good. I'm, I'm kind of surprised they didn't save it for in-game. You know? I feel like mm. that would have been nice to have that be a celebration. But at the same time, like this movie, I mean, for one, it's a, it's very lighthearted, which yeah. kind of makes that work together. Yeah. And also, the fact that this movie is so about like the politics of the Kree and the Scroll, mm. it's just so like this. I mean, in game is ultimately, I think, the the true embodiment of of what Stanley tried to write about in his stories sure. in terms of you know obviously it's about the Avengers, but also the the overall themes of like coming back from from great mm-hmm. evil and and everything whereas this one i think does do a, a really good job of capturing a lot of that just in terms of you know it's it's about these crazy cosmic characters they're they're silly they're fun there's a lot going on yeah um it's it's colorful it's you know i i just feel like i this is a ultimately a pretty good one to attach that to yeah. where it's like Obviously, we've got our big, dramatic, depressing, sort of bleak thing that we're going to be doing over here. Yeah. But but over here, we've also got this this sort of little monument to yeah. everything he built and everything he he wanted to do, and also the the ideas of like, you know, not 
not judging people based on appearance at, at its most superficial sure, level, sure. you know, that sort of thing. So, so there's, it, there's a lot going on. Is it an in game, and I guess Ant-Man and the Wasp, where the opening, they just removed, like, Falcon and Scarlet Witch and all those people from the sort of opening collage? That was... I know they do that for Endgame. Endgame. Oh, is it Endgame? Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if they did for Ant-Man and the Wasp as well since it was post-Snap. Well, but... it, no, Ant-Man and the Wasp takes place before. Right, but since the movie was post-Snap, right. I didn't know if they put that in there. But, uh, okay, because that they do that, I am remembering that correctly. I can I heard promise that you, the they removed the people. <clears throat> I can promise you, Britain, I will not go back to check. <laughs> <laughs> Just bizarre. Um, since well, Tyler to took best thing, since Tyler took like the actual best thing about this sure. movie, I will have to go for something superficial. Um, celebrity skin plays during the, the credits at the end, and I like that song and fun credits, so there you go. Speaking of celebrity skin, I didn't like the way they youngified Clark Gregg. <laughs> I thought it was fine. It just, it, look, Clark Gregg, he's a very good actor, but he is not an actor, he is not an actor that moves his face a lot, mm-hmm. and a lot of his sentences sound, like he, like, I've been, I recently did some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. watching, and he does a lot of, like, a lot of his lines are... We have to go get Sky. We have to find her tomorrow. It might get worse. I don't know. You call Talbot. I'm going to go over here. Like a lot of it has, now, yeah. because he's a good actor. Like it, it, it's not monotone. Yes. But he has a very he has a very specific cadence, and his face is very similar a lot of the time. But in this movie, he looked really stiff. Yes. And it looked just like they did some weird smoothing, and like the wig was weird. I didn't it, notice it, it at all. It jumped out to me at least. And part it, of, maybe it's because I thought Jackson looked fantastic. Yes, he looked. But also, Sam Jackson is in his sixties, and it is crazy that he looks that mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Like he has aged so brilliantly. However, <laughs> you can tell in some of the action sequences that he's oh, yeah. he's an old man. Well, I, I like oh how, when he how, runs. You mean? <laughs> well, no, I, I like how they specifically they go ahead and try and kind of make that not a big deal because early yeah. on he gets into the fight with Ben Mendelsohn and he gets like knocked against stuff. So when he's running away, right. it's like oh, okay, he's probably he's hurt. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I did notice Clark. It, it didn't like bother me amazingly, but I did. There were bits where I was like, mm, yes, it's a little, it's a little rough. Yeah, it I will throw say, me off, like horribly but. missed opportunity because I know the the Marvel TV stuff and and the movies they don't they don't work together. Right. Um, it would have been wonderful to have a couple of Agents of Shield cameos in this. Sure. Yeah, M- cool. Ming Nguyen. Yeah, if we if we had her show up briefly or something. You can't get it. You cannot. There's no such thing as too much Fitzsimmons. Sure. So. Sure. Well, I mean, it's in the '90s, so. Well, that would have been great. Oh little, yeah. Little, oh, they'd be little, baby. What are they, little little kids who are like, <laughs> oh, well, you know, like they see they see uh, Clark Gregg run by and it's like, oh, wicked cool. Um, <laughs> it's literally just the it's the two kids from Spider-Man Three that go awesome, yeah. wicked cool, yes. but just one of them has a wig on and tries to do a British accent. <laughs> is this the little Fitz? Like keeps putting his hands in his hair, like. This is not good. This is not going to work out. I don't like it at all. <laughs> I think yeah, having a Ming Na Wen or a or a who oh somebody Mac. else. Mac is yeah, right. sure, sure. Anyway, um, I've got a number of things I could do for a worse thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think I might just throw a few out, and y'all, y'all can choose for me. I don't care. Um. I think your worst thing is how much you love this movie. <laughs> that's that's accurate. Um, there's the prequelitis, which I can get into. There's several yeah. examples where I feel like this movie is trying to explain things that don't need to be explained, or just throwing in details that don't need to be there. 
Um, but specifically because it's a prequel, they feel the need to do that for audience pandering. Um, that annoyed me, but that normally does with prequels anyway, so sure. whatever. Um, some of the stuff we've already discussed, like the, the just the overall structure of the movie I think is very off. Um, ultimately, I don't think that this is the right story to go with for this character, or the most interesting one. I think this movie kind of sets up a more interesting movie at the very end yes. than what it's just presented us, that. and that annoys me. Um, I, I, I'm i kind of sick of, of specifically like the origin movies where it's like, oh, we have to get to Earth somehow, even if it's not an Earth-bound character. We have yes. to get them to Earth. Um, it felt very much like the first Thor in that way, like you said earlier, Tyler. But I feel like, especially after the Guardians movies... We can go to space and stay there. We can ha- yeah. just deal with Kree and Skrull stuff. Don't don't bring in Earth at all. I think for, I think I'll be upset if they go back to Earth in the next one. I don't think I think because of the fact that just because if nothing else because that, that's how the comics are and that's how they wanted to kind of start off. It's just going off that that general plot. I feel like the starting in Earth is not the worst thing you can do. But again, no, it's not the worst thing. I just don't think it's terribly interesting. But again, I think it'd be very interesting. It'd be a lot more interesting if it was like they're starting on Earth and they're introducing more and more cosmic elements and kind of getting to where by the end of it she's like, oh, I'm going into space with this fleet of scrolls behind me and we're, we've just blown up the, the Kree warships. And, That's fair. Um, so there's that. I don't feel like the world building is all that strong, specifically with trying to tell us what the Kree and Skrulls actually are, what the yeah. relationship between the two races are, how long this war has been going on. Is is one side winning? Is one side not? They give us a little bit sure. in terms of details, but not nearly enough. Like, yeah. when they're like, oh, the Skrulls, they're invading all these worlds. And I know it ends, it's, it ends up being a bunch of BS. But just in terms of, like, we don't see, like, on Hala, there's there's not... Well, no, never mind. There is a small detail, because there's, um... Isn't there, like, a countdown of, like, oh, it's been a hundred or yep. so days since the last scroll attack? Uh, I feel like... Because that's, that's very briefly in there. I feel like if they had a few more things like that, just to kind of help sure. fill it out a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't think the world building was terribly strong i feel like the opening yeah. is just like generic alien world well, and that i think is also goes into a lot of my problems with the fact that they start there yeah. because it doesn't feel it feels sort of half-baked yeah it's kind of yeah. like oh we have to go we have to start here and we have to go over here and oh she's got like we're bouncing around from some places and it's not nearly with the, sort of the the color or flair that only james gunn can really bring to or or Taika Waititi to, to some extent can bring to this sort of cosmic MCU. Yeah. Specifically, I think just because they're not, that's not what the point of this movie was. So it feels like they kind of tack that on. They have to be like, oh, we gotta knock out some set, some like settings real quick so we can introduce you to places that we aren't right. gonna go to again. Um. But then I think, and I think also like if you don't go to Hall at the beginning of this one, then you can go. In the second one, you can you can have her actually go there and be like, oh, well, you know, like this is the place where she's. she's I have to go her. confront the supreme yeah, intelligence. That's, that's cool, and and you know, from the, if you do something like that, then you can have it be like, oh, this is just like a offshoot of the supreme intelligence, and you can still have the big giant green goo monster that from the comics as like the actual supreme intelligence. Like when mm. when she confronts it in this one, you could just have it be like it's just a communicator as opposed to like yeah, 
you know, actually confronting it. You know, I, I think there's some stuff you could do with that. My name is Captain Marvel, and I send this message to my creators. I'm coming for you. <laughs> and she flies off into space. It'll yeah. end exactly like Age of Extinction. Exactly the same. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> Like is that my dinner with Andre? What are we uh... <laughs> just doing? Some voices, you know. It's okay. Know. Just riffing. I, I just so, do Optimus Prime. Just you know, whenever it's fine. <laughs> um, just drop it on a date, whatever. <laughs> I think ultimately my worst thing is going to be Captain Marvel's character arc. Yeah. Or lack thereof. I don't actually know what her character arc is. I mean, she she has a defined arc as as set up by the plot in terms of she realizes that she is human and that that's okay. It's I just, guess it's. I mean that that is that is in the plot. Like that's that's very much what happens. It's. Not, I I agree that again they they don't really they muddy things too much too early on for us to really yeah. go with that. Yeah, but, but it, it's it's weird because I feel like scene to scene they don't quite know what her personality is supposed to be. Sure. Like yeah. sometimes she's like super stoic, just like by the book soldier woman, and then other scenes, like you were saying, Britain, she's just kind of snarky, kind of generic Marvel character who just throws out quippy one-liners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess maybe they were afraid to like push it too far because they're like, oh, we don't want her to just be like a Tony Stark or a Doctor yeah. Strange ripoff mm-hmm. where she's just throwing out one-liners left and right. But I, I feel like she, Captain Marvel just comes off as kind of bland for a lot of it. And it doesn't help that the plot is she's learning who she is, like right. she's rediscovering right. who she is, because oftentimes that makes her feel like a blank slate. I mean, it feels like, yeah, it feels like we should, we should have the first act, she knows who she is. The second act, everything yeah. she knows is a lie. The third act, she know, she's figured out who she is again. Like that. Yeah. But, but. Acts being sort of a. Well, aside from her di- like rediscovering her past and and figuring out that she's human and accepting that, I I I mean specifically in terms of like her powers, mm-hmm. um, and, and the whole thing about controlling her emotions, because I don't know what the film is actually trying to tell me, um, because Yon Rog keeps chastising her, being like, "You should be able to beat me without your powers, and yeah. you're letting your emotions get the better and of you." Blast his face in. I, I know, but n- number one, I don't feel like she's actually flying off the handle all that much. Sure, like I never get a sense that she lets her emotions take control. Yeah, um, there's not a scene where, I mean, where like she's she's fighting some guy and she her emotions like cause her powers to go haywire and she accidentally injures somebody or she causes some collateral damage. What? No, that is actually that's which, when, she, when she's sparring with Jude Law, she gets really frustrated and then blasts him. Yes, and then she beats him because they were fighting each other. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's exactly the thing that you said never happens. It does happen. Because the whole point is that she's not supposed to be using her powers. Yeah, he's telling her, like, you know, beat me without your powers, and then she gets really frustrated with him, and accidentally her powers go haywire, and she fires him. He doesn't get, like, killed or anything, but but, it's not supposed to happen. And that's why I was saying you need that. You kind of need that scene. I guess guess it's because I didn't think it... It it didn't come off to me as super accidental. It just Uh, felt like... And also... And also, like, the, I don't get why it's special that she's able to beat him without her powers. Sure. It, it, like, the entire... No, no, no. The I think, at least for me personally, my entire read from the beginning on that was they're gaslighting her. Like, they're, yeah, yeah. they're trying to get... They literally, like, every well, time Well, it's just kind of frustrating because they keep... Like, the, in terms of trying to give your audience information, once again, this movie kind of has problems with that. 
trying to tell me like oh that's going to be her character arc she's going to learn to control her emotions but then that ends up not being what it is right yeah okay but i i think that that i think that that's supposed to be resolved by the fact that she's like oh no i i'm not going to let myself be controlled by like i mean that and that's where that comes both in both her confrontation with the supreme intelligence at the end and in her confrontation with yon rog where it's like she's like oh you guys were just telling me to control my emotions because like you want to control me like you're you're trying to get me to be a you know sort of conformist soul like yeah. soldier and so that i wouldn't if i ever found out what happened i wouldn't be strong enough to be yes like okay. the, the the point is is a little bit more of like oh they're trying to like no she doesn't need to control her emotions she can be human and, and she's stronger when she's human and when she lets herself feel things okay. that's that is to me where i think that they were going with it yeah all right um, well, let me move on again, to my next point relating sure. to that, then. Um, what does the restraining bolt do on her neck? Because they... They, oh, they, yeah. they, I, they brought that in the very end. Yeah. Well, uh, they, oh, hold on. Let me, let me try and make sure that, that I understand. So uh, they, they make it sound like that's what gives her her powers. Right. But that's not actually what gives her her powers. It's actually inhibiting them. Yes. So she, she, she kind of rips it off, and then she's like, I'm Superman. You can't stop me. Okay, so, yeah. so I mean that's that's my, and no no again, I, I, I'm just making sure that I yeah, understood yeah, yeah. correct. So did she already know she had that on her neck before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they, they they told her they were like this is you know we're giving oh. you your we, you are privileged because we get you know you you owe us basically because we gave you your powers. Yeah. yeah and yeah, then yeah. it's like oh no you totally didn't you're just trying will, to restrain me. Okay. Gotcha. I will say um, this movie does get into the Superman problem at the end, which is once sure. she kind of frees herself and she's just kind of like, I'm going Super Saiyan, I'm going to take out everybody, then she's unbeatable and I feel no sort of weight or consequence to that ending fight at all. That was my favorite fight, though, just because I liked, and it was all VFX, obviously, but just like her flying through the yes. space sniping all those shit it was, it was nice like, that we oh. just have like a colorful scene of like lasers yes. and stuff like that and, like, was a nice fluid fight there there is nice. also a uh, just like it's 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 great but it's not enough there's a a bit where the score just goes full like Phil Collins synth drum solo oh yeah <laughs> and i need that to be the entire movie i need just all of yeah. that I, I found need it to be the, the only score. thing you can hear in that scene. <laughs> like the sco- the score, I think represents a lot of my problems with the movie. In that, like, there's a lot of fun '90s soundtrack that they kind of weave. I mean, this is not the score, but I guess the overall track. Um, but it's not fun- it's not diegetic like it is in Guardians, yes, sure. Which is a problem, um, I think. Sure, sure. Uh, but I think that generally when they bring that in, it's kind of fun. They they you know they they choose the songs well. Um, the there's bits and pieces where the score just is like rocking and it's awesome mostly towards the end you know with with that fight like it sounds darn cool and i want more of it um but then there is a lot of just sort of gen- generic the hero theme like it's it's just sort of we're, we're playing some trumpet notes, probably. It, it feels like Marvel just has, like, this whole collection of music that they just have stashed in the Disney yes. vault. And they're yes. just like, all right, we need we need action movie score. Right, right. Lay it on. Which I think, I really hope that's the next thing that they're like, man, we really got to get better at that. Because, like, obviously Black Panther has, a, has an excellent sort of score that, that works with the movie and is very unique yeah. to the movie. 
and I want a little bit more of that because obviously the Avengers theme they they sort of just beat it beat it into us until we finally were like all right this is kind of this is kind of awesome yeah uh, but I, I want I would them say to... Guardians and the first Thor movie have the best sc- well I sure. know you like Ragnarok um, yeah but I like those scores yeah in Ragnarok at least, if nothing else it has a little bit more of a unique flavor personality to yeah. it. Um, so I hope they continue to sort of ex- and I think generally it's hard to have really like creative uh sort of maybe not auteur um but at least uh very unique directors it's hard to have them not go for something that's more interesting musically because those kind of go hand in hand i think so hopefully as they do more and more of that we'll we'll see more and more of that that was a i do feel like they didn't pick the right directors for this one sure i think this is where finding someone from the indie world didn't pan out as well. Sure. And these guys are not bad directors. I haven't seen... They made Half Nelson, which I have... Because they're like a writer-director yes. team. I remember seeing it's kind of a funny story, but I don't remember it very well. I haven't seen Half Nelson, but I want to. Because, uh, you know, Ryan Gosling. But, like, I don't know. This one just felt kind of... It wasn't didn't feel that interestingly directed. And there's, like, four writers, and it just... I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's interesting, because I, I was thinking about it, just kind of pulling these indie directors out of obscurity and being like, all right, here's $200 million, make a big superhero epic. Yeah. And I, I think of this stereotypical, like, hipster person who's like, I make films, I don't make that blockbuster crap. But they haven't actually watched any of the blockbusters that people like. So, like, they haven't seen any superhero movies, so they actually have no idea of what they're actually like. Um, and so when they get hired and they go to make um, a, a superhero movie, they end up, like, being very generic because they yeah. don't actually have any frame of reference for what's been done before. That, that's probably not what happened, but that that's just sometimes I get that kind of read with with sure. these indie directors where it's like, oh, you guys had, have no experience with this, so you don't know how to be different. Mm-hmm. So you just sure. kind of, oh, I, I bet they've I bet they've never had uh, a superhero crash land on Earth before. <laughs> it's like, oh, sure. that's and I, yeah. I don't know how much of it is necessary. I mean, that could be that's very possible. I, I, that's I my conspiracy no theory. Um, that's that's for me. Yeah. I think my sort of the thing I immediately assume in these kind of cases is that it's very much just like when you're an indie director, you can sort of just you know you, you've you've maybe put together I don't I don't know how much indie movies usually cost to make, but like when you, a lot less. Yeah, sure, exactly. And so like you you can kind of put together money. You're you're probably working like. Uh, super late nights for your your craft, and you're you know you're kind of just going crazy and and, and winging it. Jobs. Yeah, you're yeah. just you're just seeing what you, how you can s- scrap together this this movie that you want to make, and you know it's 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 infused with your vision and like you you have complete control because if if you don't do it, no one will, and like yeah. you know you're just trying to like make this happen. Um, and so like if you do something like that, you put your your passion and your your blood and sweat and tears into it, and you know you're kind of just going crazy with it. Right. You can you can create something that is super unique and, and weird and fun and like you know it's the reason people love any movies is because it's very much like this is a very pure creative vision yes that is being displayed yes whereas then you turn around and you're like okay i did that, that was that was awesome and then it's like oh you know i do you want to come make a giant multi-million dollar movie for us it's like oh yeah you know i can th- imagine what i can do with that kind of right. money but then you get in there and you realize oh i've got producers and stakeholders and you know 
CEOs and, and I've got all these people who are trying to manage my movie. Yeah. And on top of that, I don't know how to do CGI. I don't know how to work right. with a million dollar budget. I mean, I, I don't know what the budget for this was, probably hundred fifty million, two hundred, somewhere in that, that ballpark. Um you know, I don't I don't know where to put this money in. Like I've got producers who are helping me figure out where to direct this money mm-hmm. so that I make a competent movie that can be put on screen and that families can enjoy. You know, it's I, I, like I'm not super cynical about it really I, I I think it's just sort of a necessary evil if you want to, to pluck these kind of people yeah. that like they don't know what they're doing <laughs> when, yeah. when you give them those kind of resources and also are expecting so much of them and putting so much pressure on them and they, they kind of have to play it safe a little bit at least to, to understand what to do to begin with yeah. I think that's a lot of why I to pull completely random example out of left field uh, that we have talked about many times before I think it was kind of a lot of my visceral reaction to Last Jedi when I first watched mm-hmm. it and how I really enjoyed that. Like, I thought that was, like, the greatest thing since sliced bread when I first watched it. And I still think it's quite good. But yeah. um, specifically because that movie, I mean, it, obviously the meme of subversion or whatever is such a thing now. But, like, it did. Like, it, it went yeah. completely against the conventions of the medium for, for a big blockbuster movie. Like, it did all this crazy, weird choices that, like, you were not expecting because Ryan Johnson was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be kind of weird. Yeah. And so, like, and obviously he already had Looper under his belt, which was, I don't know what the budget for that was, but probably pretty solid. Probably the most of, well, and he also worked on Breaking Bad, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, obviously he has a little bit more experience, so he could probably felt a little more comfortable doing something like that. But that's my overall point is that, like, I think if you just pull someone and their last movie was, you know, the, the, it was in the single digit millions, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like, and then you put them on something that's over a hundred million, they're going to have no idea what's going on and probably be terrified and probably really want yeah. people to just like it <laughs> you know yeah. like and, and I think that's more likely is it's not so much that they're unfamiliar because I, I don't like the stereotype of you know people who watch foreign movies or indie movies sure. never watch blockbusters because that's preposterous right sure um, and, probably, uh, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that's actually the case. That's just kind right. of where my mind goes but, when I'm thinking about all the possibilities it, for how no, so, how, yeah. how some of these movies end up being super mm-hmm. generic. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and probably there is a little bit, at least if nothing else, their interests are more spread out than someone sure. who is like obsessing over yeah. these superhero blockbusters. Well, and, I def- and I think that probably the lack of familiarity is more like what you were saying. And I, Alex, I know you were like, oh, this is my... Crazy out there conspiracy. Yes, theory. yes. Not this, your, not this, your li- this is this is wild, rampant speculation. This not is your, not, not meant literal, to be taken seriously. Not your literal theory. Yes. So, like, I think it is probably closer to tell what you're saying is it's not so much. Uh, what is all this? Um, I make films. It's <laughs> it's like wait, okay. I've never worked with this l- yeah. level of a budget. No. And my crazy out there cynical theory was always, oh, you know, Marvel is just getting people they can control. They're just they just want people they can say, Oh yeah, you'll get to make your movie, make it like this. Sure. Which I don't think is actually true either. I th- I, I, I think that it's it's a shared thing of yes. directors who come into something with resources they're not used to having mm-hmm. and a level that they're not used to working at, and then the studio saying, Yeah, we want you to make your movie, but it does need to fit in with our visual style. Yes. And yes, please write our screenplay. However, we need to check yes. all your story points because yes. they need they, to fit. And it has to be coherent and consistent. Yeah, it has to match up with and everything else And it has to doing. be not so out of the realm that it, you know, turns yes. families and fans away. And like, right. You know, and I, I think they have, I think Marvel has, especially with like, we've talked about this before, but with the exit of Ike Perlmutter and yeah. 
you know, over time they they've expanded on this quite a bit, and they've they've become a lot more comfortable going outside of their their normal wheelhouse. Um, like you, I mean, you look at uh, the sort of the early s- stages. I mean, you're, you've got John Favreau. Yeah. You've got um, the Russos. Well, the, I'm talking oh, like oh, early, early. Like, oh yeah, uh, Kenneth Branagh, Kenneth Branagh and Joe Johnston. Jo- you know, they yes. all worked in studios. So. Yes, and yeah. they're all, I mean, white guys. Right. <laughs> you know, is, which is not like to say that <laughs> no, that's necessarily not. a definition of quality or anything, but it is like these are these are studio guys. They can they can sort of pull out of a bin. <laughs> they're yeah. like, I mean, they all they, they all have their qualities and like things that sure, sure. are good about them and, and reasons why they make good movies and why people yeah. like them and why they were hired. I mean, the the but, the, the quote unquote closest thing to an indie director they had was Joss Whedon exactly and so <laughs> it's know. like they're getting these guys who are pretty safe they, they know how to make a movie yeah they can put together this thing they can give the characters a, a decent little arc they can handle the cast well they, they can handle the budget well yeah. and then you see them start to pop with like oh we're we're hiring the Russos from which I don't know have they done anything since uh, like out of TV before that point I mean uh, that was Winter, the big they did Winter Soldier. I'm yeah. talking about Winter oh, Soldier. Oh, like I'm not sure. Actually, going yeah. into Winter Soldier, I think that was the <clears> only <throat> thing that, like, because I remember people being like, "What? What? what huh?" Yeah, so I'm not sure. Um, cause, well, because basically the the paintball episodes of Community are the reason oh, they, they hired him. Those are so good. I know, and so like, I think that sort of what started to open up, and then of course now we, you know, you've got Tycho Tidi and James yeah. Gunn, and um, I can't remember the guy who, who did. Creed and Black Panther. Oh, Coogler. Yeah, Ryan Coogler. And so, you know, you, you've, you're expanding a little bit. I, I had not really heard of these directors. Yeah, I had to look but, up, because I hadn't, I didn't know them by name, but when right. I looked them up on IMDb, right. I went, oh, Half Nelson, uh, Funny Story, okay, right. sure. And I, don't, I, mean, I mean, it seems... Well, and those I'm, are also, like, tiny indie yes. movies. They're not just indie movies, they're, like, tiny, <laughs> sure. little, sure. tiny movies. And, yeah. and that's what I think, like, I think Marvel does want a lot of control, and, and Disney yeah. wants Marvel to have a lot of control. Yeah. But I also think that that they are becoming more comfortable with being like, oh wow, Kevin Kevin Feige just made us a lot of money. Yeah, and we I, should probably let him do his thing. And there, and I yeah. think there's start. It's the sort of thing where it's like Kevin Feige probably really does want there to be like a lot of diversity and yes. you know to get yes. a lot of these different voices and like try and you know really expand. And Disney is just seeing like the profit from that. They're right. like, oh, Black Panther made like ridiculous amount of money Fragile, in the US yeah. like it, it was I think that's the highest grossing domestic movie of all time maybe it's on the list for sure it's, it, it may be that it may be um, Force Awakens I don't remember exactly yeah something crazy um, but yeah you know they they are realizing like I mean this movie made over a billion dollars um, but despite the reviews being like yeah it's solid like you know they, yeah. they're realizing people just want to see themselves represented in a way that's not offensive or like yeah. you know they just yeah. want to see you know and, and like I think Disney's seeing the results of that and they're like oh let's well, yeah sure yeah, I don't know like they're not yeah. they don't the you know the shareholders and everything probably don't care so much about sure the social impact of these so much as yeah. like oh but, we're making they a, see the benefit yeah we're making a ton of money so yeah. um I, I think they're letting yeah. him well and it can also from the Feige perspective could be the very optimistic version of what we're saying where he's like hey we can we we have the big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. We know where this also needs to go. If we pull in these indie directors who have worked a lot more closely with actors, they yep. can maybe come in and draw out these great performances mm-hmm. because we're gonna get we're not just getting all your big studio. We're not getting your Tom Cruises in here. Right. We're getting Brie Larson who came up in indie film. We're getting Chadwick Boseman. We're getting these and Tom Holland who came from right. like these really you know high class movies. What? What? Alex? <laughs> I, 
just just for the audience at home, I, I was just wagging my finger, just, the, just trying to trying to get get some attention. You, you yeah, did, and I just said what you didn't say the magic word. Go ahead. So, anyways, <laughs> um, I, but wait, real quick. Yeah, well, maybe basically what I was saying was maybe it's the optimistic version where they're going, "Hey, these guys can handle, the, they can draw something out of these big pictures that we're trying to make, and we'll handle the big picture stuff, yeah, and they yeah. can draw out these these small moments." Yes, yeah, sure. And ra- rather than uh, we can control them, but I was like, "No, we'll handle this. You handle this, and we'll all make something special." Right. Go. I will say on on that point, I think when they get to the Rambo house. And Lashana Lynch has her wonderful little monologue where she goes, so so you die under mysterious circumstances, you're gone for six years, I don't know what happened, and then you just show up and you expect me to treat you like a completely different person. That whole monologue felt like she was trying to go for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Um, in, in a movie that feels, for the most part, just kind of like by-the-numbers superhero movie, um, that was... A nice change of pace, mm-hmm. and right. and plus that's when Ben Mendelsohn shows up, and and his character, yeah. <clears throat> kind of kind of comes into his true form, and I I feel like once it hits that point, the movie kind of picks up steam yes, for me. Agreed. agreed. Um, and and the movie's not terrible, and like no. I'm listing off, you know, I was listing off some of the problems I had, and then Tyler, you guys helped clear up some points about about her character. Um, I still think Captain Marvel ultimately comes off as fairly bland, and her mm-hmm. character arc is not. I didn't find it all that compelling, and it's like not I said, as, and it's that might punchy and, as it could be, and that yeah. might just be because I found some of it kind of muddled. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like, and I, and I, I do love. Uh, I, I really enjoy Brie Larson as a performer. Yeah, uh, Room is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Sure, just like ever. Uh, and then she's wonderful in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I do think there's potential for her to be good as this character. I just I'm not I'm not seeing a reason why this character should get her own solo films yet. Sure. Mm-hmm. She seems like she could be a really fun side character, kind of like the Hulk, where it's like the you know obviously there's actual rights issues with that as to why they're not doing solo right. Hulk movies. But then once you hit the Avengers and you're like, oh, he works much better as just kind of like like a side character. We don't need full movies for him. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about Captain Marvel. Yeah. Sure. And I see why Brie Larson should get her own solo movie, but they have to justify that with yep. the writing and yep. the character and stuff. And right? I, yeah. I – going back, I, I mentioned this at the beginning. I am very excited to see what they do with the sequel, and I mm-hmm. think speaking to everything we've been talking about, we'll probably see the directors and writers feel more comfortable. Yeah getting yeah. out of the comfort zone a little bit they'll, they'll know a little bit more about what's going on and be able to be like oh I can kind of you yeah. know put my own spin on this and it won't be like there won't be a need to try and establish Brie Larson as a character and yeah. like you know all that yeah. stuff um, I think there is yeah. an element of I know we're talking about this movie's kind of bland I think it is also trying to to reach a little bit I one of the Clearly, I think probably the most pretentious class I ever took in college was called, uh, I think it was hypertextuality and literature, something like that. And it's all about like... We will be renaming the podcast starting with the next episode. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Here comes the hypertextuality and literature. Um, It's very, it it was all very much about like, I mean, it was a really, it was actually a really interesting class. Mm. Um, But it's all very much about like books that talk about the fact that they're books sort of mm. like or like the novels that that sort of use the medium to tell their story 
Okay. Um, and and there's a lot of discussion about that about how like a lot of that type of thing or that type of story really delves into like memory and mm. like a lot of times when you have uh, like postmodernist books, they're they're very into uh, characters with amnesia or like they don't remember what's going on. They're they're trying to like piece together their story and like using all of that as as a, a way to sort of break the worldview of the reader and like do all yeah. these crazy things. And I think there is a little bit of that than trying to like I, to me that is what I see as I, I having not seen their previous um, uh, indie films mm-hmm. that. I think it might be a, a case of them trying to like do some, and I sure. want, I really do wonder how much of that opening, if there is any element of that where they kind of were pushed to add a little bit more concrete. Oh yeah, exposition. I, that again, complete speculation. So you think it might have been studio notes to be like, you need to explain some bit. stuff at the beginning. Um, that's that's a little bit what it feels like to me. I, and I you, could be you need you I also need a, a couple of additional action sequences at the beginning yeah. to start it off and make it exciting. And I'm usually not cynical about that sort of thing, especially because I, I do think Marvel's gotten a lot more hands off. But it's it makes possible. me wonder. It makes me wonder if there is some of that where, like, the original movie was a little bit more up in the air, kind of weird, like oh, memories and like, like you yeah, know, yeah. exploring that. And I'm, I'm not even saying that would necessarily have been better, but I just I wonder if there's a little bit more than them trying to make that a more ambitious mm-hmm. thing, and maybe that got toned down a little bit. Um, having yeah. no idea what actually went on behind the scenes. I had a, something, and this genuinely I'm curious about this. So the Cree are blue. Yes. Jude Law is not blue. Is Jude Law Cree? Yes. So uh, not all Cree and, are blue. And Brie Larson is also not blue. This is, so this was the, my thing was like, okay, so she believes that she's Cree. So apparently not all Cree are blue. But most Cree are blue, except for Jimon Hansu, Jude Law, right. and Brie And I think there's some others as and well. And Wendy Lawson. And, uh... Yeah, because she she bleeds blue, correct? Right. Yes. And so that was my thing was like, okay, so has Brie Larson not bled in six years? So she, well, she had a that's blood awkward. Transfusion. Oh, okay. Oh, um, she had a, a blood yeah blood transfusion, and like okay, I messed up. The, oh yeah, they, they, no no, because there's that. there's that bit where uh, Yonrog goes, that's my blood in your veins, mm. and he and that's that's how they he figures out who the scroll. Yeah, yeah, because okay. he's okay. like, oh, you, this girl's like doesn't can't remember off the top of, or I guess like there's a memory transfer thing that they can't remember about why, uh, uh-huh. um, or where, who who transfused their blood. Yeah, and it was Yarnrog, and yeah, and so I assume that there is some element of that, and also she got hit by the the crazy power thing. So well, I, I was also know, going she, to ask. Just kind of relating it to Guardians of the Galaxy and the Nova Corps, are they? Cree no. or no, and this is this okay. is entirely comic book knowledge that I'm pulling on now. And I, I, I do think this is this is one place where a a potential flaw with Guardians of the Galaxy that they kind of helped beef up a bit in terms of the world building, because mm-hmm. in that it's just kind of like, oh, Ronan's a crazy yes. Cree guy who's evil and he just wants to wipe everyone out, and then you go with this one, it's like, oh, we're going to actually explore the Cree and what but- they are, and Ronan's going to show up. Yes. He's going to be the exact same character, and uh, he'll even less. he'll leave the man, at the end. The man knows what he wants. God, two days on set and six million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in three years to do it again. Yeah, um, it's like it's like it was like it's like on uh, I think it was on The Simpsons where it's like 
Al Gore like had a ransom note for the environment and he was like either my you will meet my demands or the environment I will burn the environment or something he's like what are your demands he goes I want five thousand dollars and a night with Shakira <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. um so so all Cree are blue except not all Cree are blue right no it, yeah Tyler no, explain okay. use your comic book knowledge oh wait it, we need answers a thing okay oh, I also noticed so. It, Kind of towards the end when they're all like having dinner, um, M- Monica is the child's name. Yes, Monica is talking with a scroll child. Yes, like oh, but you're great. Oh, you're great. And she goes, "Your eyes are amazing. Never change your eyes." And they seem to make such a point of that. Is that something that is that a hint at something? Is that Gamora? Like is, <clears throat> I, and the, they didn't like linger, but they seem to be. That I think line it was just supposed to be shape shifting. Like don't okay. change your eyes. No, okay. no, no, but I, I wonder... But I it, wonder if that's supposed to, like, plant I have not something. thought of that, and I really want to go... Because, like, I would assume... If that plants something for the because of Because of... Not really because of Endgame but, so much, but there there is uh, a reference to the events of these, these movies in um, Spider-Man Far From Home, not to, okay. to give too much away. Okay. Um, I wonder... And, and that, in that spawn, it has spawned a lot of theories yeah. about, like... You know, like, has, have people been scrolls the whole time? Oh! oh. oh. And I... Now you've got me thinking if, like... I, I really want to know because that fe- the way that is played it's like we see that they talk and then it fades away and never re- change your eyes as like they wanted you to hear that line because and, I'm and thinking about like specifically are there any characters who, whose eye colors change in a way that would seem like in a way that Probably. they sort of hid somewhere somewhere in the in the MCU potentially are there any characters who, who yeah. like have the same eye color or have I don't know yeah, that's something interesting. I'll have to. Oh or, my or, god, or that's how they'll yet to that, be introduced. Yeah. That's how they'll bring back Clark Gregg. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, he it, was a I scroll mean, it, the whole time. <laughs> when sure, Loki it, stabbed it, him in the back, he was a scroll. Believe it. Um, just just completely throw Shield out the window. Agents of Shield out the window. Yeah, um, I mean they're already doing that anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I. I wonder if that is, yeah. if nothing else, like set up. Um, yeah, just like, oh, there will be a character later, and that. Will. And, and yeah, because that seemed to be like telling the child, like, is that child scroll gonna yeah, grow it's up like to a, be a thing that they they hold dear dear to their heart of like I never when I shapeshift I never change my you know yeah, yeah and, and it could be a character we've already met, but it could huh. also be a character we haven't met yet. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't read Michael. It's I didn't Michael read, Keaton. I definitely did not pick up on that. Either, yeah, I didn't read yeah. into that line at all. But now that you but, say that, that yeah, yeah, eventually. But then um, it's a lot of fun too. We're there at the end, and it's just like, yeah. oh, we've just got a little family. Because that's just like at that point, you're just watching fun actors have chemistry with each other. Yeah. And Brie Larson is such a, a, a she has such a bright smile. Yeah. And like she's so she has so much personality when she's getting to like laugh and joke with Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Like they are so good together. That little bit about the uh, the Marvelettes is such a brilliant yeah yes. twist of like oh the character's name Marvel and then it's like you know they're like the Marvelettes and it's like. Uh, okay. It's just funny because I, I feel like Brie Larson has good, like, not just comedic chops, but she has good, like, physical timing in oh, terms yes. of just, like, funny gags. Like like you mentioned, the bit where she goes up to the security guard and she kind of just taps on the window. Just, like, the mm-hmm. little movement she does, I found amusing. Yeah. Um, and then there's also the bit where she's looking at the newspaper and the guy shows up to kind of yeah. hit on her awkwardly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, the way she just kind of lowers like a corner of the newspaper just a bit yeah. I don't know uh, she directed a movie called Unicorn Store I still need to see that I'm actually a, not quite midway through it I started watching okay. it uh, and, and Samuel L. Jackson is in it mm-hmm. um, 
And it's, it's, it's fine so far, but there's a bit where she's talking to these two, like, office workers who are like, what are you doing? Why are you dressed like that? And then I think that whole thing, you know? And one of them, like, does the kind of, like, head bob, and it's, the camera's looking at Brie Larson from behind the women, and the women are doing that, and then as they're talking, you see Brie Larson kind of, like, try to do it back a little bit, <laughs> just, like, really awkward, like, kind of with her shoulders. It's really funny, and I remember it because I was like, eh, <laughs> Good stuff, Bree. Yeah, yeah. I will say overall, I think most of the comedy works in this movie. I yeah. didn't. I wasn't getting you know, quote unquote, you know, Marvel humor mm-hmm. vibes, mm-hmm. like sure. problems with it. Um, and maybe that's just because of the overall tone of the movie. It's just kind of light and fun for the most yeah. part. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a. It's not like comedy in the way that the Ant Man movies are. It's, it's right. more of a well, and, fun and the, romp. And the jokes on paper are fine. Yeah. But the performers yes. deliver them so well. Like yeah. Samuel Jackson is such a unique persona and such a grand persona in movies, in the way that like you don't get outside mm-hmm. of like old Hollywood. Yeah, but and all he, of his interactions with Goose oh, are hilarious. But you forget; it's easy to forget. <laughs> I'm gonna pick you up now. <laughs> when he's such a huge star, it's easy to forget. Oh no, he's like a real actor. Yes, he's a great actor. He's very funny. I wish he'd do a musical now that I've heard him sing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought he was really funny with the cat. And also, I will say, I had some, like, oh, that visual effect wasn't very good with the cat. But Brie Larson's allergic to cats. So, like, she couldn't hmm. hold. That's why they have the random CGI cat sometimes. One yeah. is for the PETA stuff. But sometimes sure. it's because Brie Larson couldn't touch the cat. Well, also, so, some of the shots, like, it can't, a cat can't do it. Like, like yeah, when exactly. they go up into space and they're yeah, just yeah. kind of floating. And it's like, yeah. oh, or like there's one where, like, the cat scroll, do that. And, like, the, the tree walk in, they're just like kind of holding mm-hmm. Goose but roughly by the scruff of the neck. Yeah. I think that was a CGI cat. Hmm. There's a couple theory. of shots where Sam Jackson's holding the cat and it's, yes. it's yeah. fake. Um, which is fine. I think ultimately yeah, when the reveal is it's an alien anyway, like yeah, that... Yeah, changes. Yeah, yeah. That's immediately just less of a problem because you're like, oh, it's not even like really a cat anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the special effects... The, world. the special effects I, I thought were... were Solid for the most part, and mm-hmm. then kind of mixed, particularly the, towards the end. These scroll transformations are interesting because at first it looked like they were like coming, like their skin was splitting open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then it was like more CGI. That was an interesting like. I think generally the scroll kind of makeup is quite good. Yeah, in terms oh, yeah, of yeah. looking at them as scrolls, mm-hmm. I think that's usually pretty good. It was funny because some of the scrolls looked like non sentient aliens, had like big like buggy yeah, yeah. eyes, and that was a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I yeah, I thought it looked pretty good. I do like the bit where when they're they're trying to look into her mind and the the one little one's just kind of like poking yeah. her on the head yeah, and like, wait yeah. wait that did something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you it's guys funny. Dis- so you guys disagree on mm-hmm. the the ne- the nexus you of got, Sam yeah, Jackson's so, eye injury? Yeah, so you gotta you gotta be the uh, the tiebreaker here. Cause Should I? I mean, he's gonna agree with you. So whatever. Should how, I? How do you know that? My argument. My argument. Because it's Tyler. Is that? <laughs> that doesn't. What? I don't play favorites. I think it. you I, do. He, no, I don't. He knows you're going to agree with me because I bribe you $20 to agree with me. Ah, uh, okay. Um, the, my, my argument is that I think it's a lot of fun that it's just like some silly one-off thing, but then yeah. like immediately after, like even within the movie, you see Colson being like, did you lose your eye because you were protecting yeah. the test rack from the scrolls? And he's like, yep. <laughs> uh, you know, like, and, and then that sort of becomes the, the, the myth around uh-huh. a thing that I would argue there would be, I mean, the the bit, the only way they could have done it is just not have it in there. Right. But I would argue that... Um, Which is what I would say they should have done. Sure, sure. But I would argue that the 
that is the only way to handle that is to make it a joke because they built it up as this big like oh what's the how do you how lose, do you lose his eye? Eye? when yeah. he is inherently kind of a silly character who makes up lots of lies I mean not silly I guess in, in terms of sure. the fact that he does take on very serious things in the yeah. world um, but you know he, he's he's constantly cracking jokes and sort of lying and, and manipulating people to try and get them to do what he wants and so it's like oh he's using this as an excuse to yeah. like terrify people make, he, make him think he's you know like a basically increase his legend sure um, you don't want to know how I lost this eye exactly yeah. exactly okay. and there's a great bit I don't know if you've you've been told this um, where uh, not a great bit but there's is it in Winter Soldier where he says uh, last time I trusted somebody I lost an eye yes and uh. there's a bit where he tells he's talking to Goose and he's like oh, I, I, it may be when he's picking him up is that what it is where he's like I'm going to trust you not to eat me no that is specifically a callback yes yeah, so it's, okay. it's it's like a fun like oh he's again he's he's not necessarily lying yeah. but he's exaggerating the truth and making it into sort of sure. a, a right. thing that he can then use to spread his own for his own purposes yes Alex Rebuttal um, I got I've I've got I've got a few few elements here. There's there's a little bit to unpack because it's not just yes. the I thing. Okay, I'll allow it. Uh, it it's a. Not, well, it's not just the I thing. I'll start with that, but it's also just prequelitis <laughs> stuff. Sure, like I said earlier, when the first movie was made and the train was coming at the, the, the screen, <laughs> I was going to start with the first Iron Man, but you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone thought Iron Man was real. Go on. Uh, yes. Ah, yeah. Um, I still think he's real. So. First off, for me, it it just bothers me because I think the reveal, like him actually lifting up the eye patch and us actually seeing the damage in Winter Soldier, I think that's that's one of the coolest moments in that movie. Mm. I think that really is just like a wonderful character moment for him, and just it's it's the the thing where you just undercut it with a joke. So like every time I watch Winter Soldier now, and that moment happens, I'm like the cat scratched you, like, eh. Like it take it takes the wind out of it for me. Okay. Um, and, and I, I well, Tyler, I know, I know you, 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 you already said your piece about how you actually think that feeds into his character and makes it sure. better. I disagree. Sure. Okay. Um, I ha- the audience hasn't heard my piece about this. Well, you already said it earlier. Well, I was just going to say you could make the argument in, in Winter Soldier that it's like, are you talking about when? Because I, I don't remember exactly. Maybe this is part of it is that I just don't remember that moment as well and don't like ascribe hold as, give as much weight to that. Um, is it just that he he removes the eye patch at the end? Is that what you're talking about? Well, yeah, he's he's going to uh, scan his eye, and Robert Redford goes, "Oh, well, we removed your retinal scan." And uh, Nick's he says something like, "Oh, you need to you need to always keep both eyes wide open." And then he lifts up the other mm-hmm. eye, and it's like, "Oh, that that eye is in there, you know, the damaged eye. He can scan that one." Because well, I mean, for that, I would just say he's just doing a he's doing a smart thing. Um, also, an alien scratched his eye. Sure, like flirking or whatever sure. it is. It wasn't a cat. Exhibit B. That would be moving <laughs> on to my second point. Um, well, okay. Realistically, I'm... and I, I don't. <sighs> anytime I, I sound like a party pooper, you know, with with <laughs> all of my <laughs> reasonings. I, I understand that. Um, so this this weird alien thing scratches his eye. He doesn't seem to be in all that much pain. Like, he's just sure. sitting there at dinner at the end, like, eh, it's fine. It, it yeah. stings a little bit. It, if you were... I've had LASIK surgery. And that's not, oh, like, actual... Oh, man! 
Like, and that's just like a, a light. Think about us even for LASIK. I'm sorry. Okay. No, you've had LASIK continue, surgery. Continue, you've had LASIK continue. surgery. I'm sorry. But I that, understand your point. That's just like a laser is, is like in your eye yes, for yes, like yes. Uh, half a minute. Mm-hmm. Jeez. And that hurts like nothing else. Yeah. Like Nick Fury should be like, oh my god, I've got to clean this thing out. It burns. It burns. Like he should be like screaming in pain. And the, the way they like selling that as a joke just does not work for me. Well, what you don't understand is that in uh, Fantastic Four 478, it was clearly established that uh, a flurkin venom, claw venom, uh, numbs mm-hmm. the, the prey mm-hmm. so that the prey does not realize the danger they're in and does not struggle. Is that real? Uh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> that would have been so good. You, you know my, what my response is? Well, it was dumb in the comics, too. <laughs> um, and then even worse than that is that they have... I know they have at least one fake out earlier in the movie. I don't know if there's more, but when he's in the car wreck and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's how he loses. Oh, well, he didn't lose his eye. It's just kind of damaged a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then he's got like a bandage over it. And they're like, how's the eye? And he's like, oh, it's fine. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't like this, this forced payoff thing where it's just like, what's, it, it, it's like Han Solo getting his blaster and his uniform and, and, and getting his last name. Sure. Like I, and, and Jack Sparrow getting his whole, Sure. Costume in one scene. Sure. I, I don't. I don't like this. This stuff. I, I. If you're gonna do a prequel, be a bit smarter about it. You don't have to explain literally everything we know about this character. I guess my my thinking on it is that it it sort of feels like this is doing it smarter than that, in the sense that it's fun. It's they they are not taking it too seriously, and that they're not necessarily saying oh he he because like again if if they'd done that in a serious way and i know your argument would be they shouldn't have done it which i could get behind as well um but if the, if it'd been like oh there's an explosion on the spaceship and captain marvel saves him and takes him to the thing yeah. and then he, oh he's got a, his face is blown up or whatever you know like they if they'd done something like that it would have been very like oh okay you, you had to make because the, like i feel like because of the fact that they were like oh is that how he loses not no it's not how he loses his eye and then like when they when it, he does lose his eye and it's like after the action is over and she's like oh lol he just <laughs> okay i see like that to me feels very sort of like they're playing and, and toying with the fact that they're like we know that like we sort of feel obligated to touch on this but we're also going to have fun with it we're not going to make it like oh I understand the, the biggest, and I'm not saying know. there's absolutely no thought put into it because there right. clearly is I, I am I am going like 100% in the you should have just not done it category sure. like okay. I just don't like that they dealt with it in any way true all right. Uh, well, I think I've heard everything I need in order to mm-hmm. make my decision. <laughs> uh, I'm going to retire to my uh, blockbuster that I've converted into Judge Chambers. Um, I'll be back in just a minute. Bailiff Lonnie Hall, if you'll look after the defendants. <laughs> <laughs> well, hi, everybody. Well, Alex, uh, how are you feeling about your chances in the case? Uh, not well. <laughs> Uh, uh, Tyler, how about you? I'll kill you! <laughs> Guys, it's okay. Lonnie can't hurt you. Just, just give me a second. I'm still uh, pontificating. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, Alex, if Britain rules in your favor, what would you have him rule? The Tyler has to say, uh, cats aren't funny? Or what? A new uh, hat? I, I, what do you want? 
I would say Tyler cannot speak until I've gotten through my list of trusty misgivings. Interesting. Or, you interrupt a lot. <laughs> that's true. Tyler, uh, if Judge Britton rules in your uh, favor, what would you have him rule? I will buy and sell you, old man! <laughs> <laughs> that is a line from because uh, I can't I can't steal it even though I want to. That is a line from Gravity Falls, which is one of the greatest shows oh, ever. Right, and you right, watch right. It. <laughs> well, uh, we'll hear more from Brit- Judge Britton when we get back after these messages. Movie Court is a is a production of <laughs> uh, podcast TV. <laughs> doom, doom. <laughs> it's just black screens it's in the, in, in the cinema industry. Movies are made and sold. <laughs> These are the defendants, Alex and Tyler. <laughs> Judge Britton returns. All right. In comedy, <laughs> when you ultimately <laughs> consider what makes us laugh, it is often the subversion of expectations. You do not open a closet door expecting a bunch of trumpets and cymbals to spill out. You think a pie is for eating, not being thrown in the face of some poor policeman. And in storytelling, uh, storytelling is about subversion. It is about answering questions. It is about posing questions. And when Nick Fury was introduced to us at the end of Iron Man, we saw him and we thought, I guess he got all those snakes off that plane. (laughs) And one of them must have got on his face. And for years, we have watched this character and loved this character and come to know this character. And he is a great character. Uh, Wonderful actor, Samuel L. Jackson, born in 1948, and it's crazy uh, that he is looking as good as he does. Uh, I will buzz market Samuel L. Jackson now. Um, But now, sooner or later, uh, in the universe this grand, you have to answer questions. The time comes... Uh, attention must be paid. And I think that when they decided that they were going to be telling this story that would serve as a prequel to not only Avengers Endgame, uh, but to, in many ways, this entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, they realized there were going to be a lot of holes they had to fill, and in this case, a hole they had to patch over. And... Um, I think that you there are many ways you can go about doing that, or you could just not address it. Could it be addressed in the sequel to Captain Marvel? Could it just be left alone and we all get to uh, enjoy and imagine for ourselves how he sustained this very specific yet debilitating injury? Um, that's it. I thought it was funny. I rule in Tyler's favor. This is the sound. Of, <laughs> this, this is the sound of the gavel. <laughs> Judge Britton rules. That is all. I, I knew it. <laughs> so we've had our first ever filibuster on here. <laughs> I'd also like to very quickly uh, apologize to John Hodgman. I just stole a lot of your uh, routine from the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Uh, check it out. It's a great what, show. What is this? Judge John Hodgman is a great podcast that I just I just uh, pranked you guys by basically putting on a an episode. No, my actual opinion of that bit is I think you're both right. I think it's funny, but it also wasn't necessary. The retconning that, not retconning, the um, answer that I didn't find necessary was the Avenger thing. <laughs> it's funny because I actually like that one. Do you? Alex, I want to agree with you now. I feel so bad that you think I play favorites. <laughs> it's okay. 
I also told them beforehand that you you love. It's okay. So we we all know well, actually, that Joseph. I didn't, well, we all know that the, Joseph is your actual favorite. Let's, well, let's how can he not be? Mm-hmm. He's but, all our favorite. Yeah, he's the best. But uh, genuine question: Had we seen that her name or call sign or whatever was Avenger before that close up? No. no. Okay, see that was the problem I had with it. Was just like at the very end, it goes, "Oh, and her name was Avenger." That Here, was my here's only... the reason I'm Actually, okay with it. Mm-hmm. Because why are they called the Avengers Initiative? It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Well, they kind of so the fact it, that it comes yeah. from somewhere I like. That's True. a little nice thing that that's explained. Yeah, and, and I that, like and that's, didn't, yeah. that's how I like if you're going to do the, the prequelitis thing where right. we have to explain how things got the way they are, handle something that doesn't quite make sense. And that's okay. why I feel like they really should have addressed the shield thing. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I was going to start with the first Iron Man. There, they have the acronym Strategic Homeland Intervention, whatever, um, Logistics Division. Yeah. They say that, and then they say, oh, we're working on the name. And then at the very end, they say, call a shield. Mm. But in this one, they're just straight up like, shield, 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 here's my shield badge. I feel like this would have been a nice place to kind of maybe, I don't know exactly how you do it, but somehow retcon yeah. or fix that. Sure. Um, I, I, I also liked the joke of the protector initiative is very funny, mm-hmm. and then yeah. I almost wish they had just stopped it there. <laughs> or or like he, he looks, he sees Avenger, he's like, and then he like changes it to like the defender initiative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also liked that he was making a word document and there were bullet points. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, okay, Big green or, boy, <laughs> or maybe like it, it, it's it like cuts between his face and the monitor as it zooms in, like it zooms in on him, and then the the uh, protectors initiative, huh. and he's like crap, and then he just deletes it, and he's like I'll figure it out later, and then yeah. it cuts, yeah. or they zoom in on protector, but they play like a warped version of the Avengers theme, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like it play, 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 <laughs> they play it backwards or something, yeah, yeah. but um, I do, yeah, think that, this. Yeah, they do actually show you can see bits of it. Like it's it okay. is it is set up quote unquote earlier if you if you notice because uh, I think I did see that the the second time I saw it in theaters I was looking for that and I it, okay. there is, you can see like at one point on in one of her memories when she's getting into her plane you can see like letters from oh, it. Okay. It's not I don't think you can ever see the full thing. All right, point. all right, yeah. Um, because I might have missed it. My Sour Patch Kids fell, and I was trying to get that wrangled. Get him out from under the theater seat. Oh, man. Yep. You're just watching it on your laptop in a theater. <laughs> in a theater. <laughs> well, you know, I just really wanted to support Hustlers. <laughs> um, there, there's just one more prequel element that I wanted to discuss. Um, I know I keep throwing my hands up in the air. Just eh. like, Well, hey, you just don't care. You, I, you know, I think I maybe care a bit too much. That might I, actually be you, the problem. You can throw your hands up in the air sometimes and just say, hey oh, How you know? great would it have been if in, that, if in Backstreet back, Backstreet's back they went, now throw your hands up in the air. Wave them around like I care too much. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Bo Burnham. <laughs> that is good. What is your, uh, your final misgiving? How do you... Well, it's not my, my final misgiving. It's, oh, it's my misgiving about the prequelitis element. How uh, did you all feel about the Tesseract just kind of showing up? I had to ask Tyler when I, when I got here, remind me of the history of the Tesseract <laughs> in these movies because I feel like it's shown up so many yeah. times. The last time we see it is Tony or Howard Stark finds it in the ocean after Captain America freezes. Okay. Um, 
And I feel like that's just a nice, tidy bow to wrap sure. it up in because sure. Howard Stark then joined S.H.I.E.L.D. And mm. so it just it ends up at S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. I feel like it just... And this is super in the weeds, nitpicky stuff, but just the fact that we've got this extra convoluted element of somehow Marvel was able to get it and start messing with it, and then it then ends up back in Shield's hands. Right. Eh. Well, yeah, it's sort of like oh, Shield. It it. it feels like they could have just had some generic MacGuffin. It didn't have to be the Tesseract. That feel. I mean, I don't know. Not necessarily a problem. It's just kind of strange to me. It's. I think it's. I think. I mean, obviously, part of it is. Oh, we got to tie it in with the Infinity Stones and Endgame. I think it also is kind of hard to. It would be sort of difficult to introduce another. Like the fact that her powers come from the Infinity Stones, does actually make that make how powerful she is like sort of increase the the legend of the Infinity Stones. Yeah. Whereas I don't know if you introduce another MacGuffin. I don't know. I mean, you. I think you'd have to do something like it's a. It's the Krieg. Do actually give her the power, and the, I don't know. You'd you'd have to take a different direction with it. I don't think you could just introduce a big powerful MacGuffin, um, because I think at this stage of the game it would be sort of distracting. Be like, wait, what's that? Why shouldn't Thanos want that? Like, what's going on? You know, like I don't know. Which well, which, sto- which stone is that? Space. Space. So she is. The she is the, the space lady. Well, it's just ah, kind of strange no. that it never really comes up in Endgame at all. I mean, spoilers yeah. for Endgame, Britain. Light spoilers. Um, it never comes up that she got her power from right. one of the stones. So, okay. I don't know. That that ends up just being a plot element that kind of just feels unnecessary to me. Sure. Like, I, I feel like it could have just been, oh, we've got this this engine that, that you know, creates light speed travel or whatever. Right. Sure. Um because that's ultimately what it's used for yeah. and then that's just kind of it and and the reason she gets the powers is just because she shoots it and it kind of right. gives her powers yeah. like I, I don't feel like it needs to be explained much further than that yeah well in the comics I think or at least I've read one I've read like six issues of the Kelly Sue DeConnick run mm-hmm. who's in this movie Kelly Sue DeConnick is she? Mm-hmm. yeah she's briefly once um, Wait, yeah, she gets Rio off Arson the train off. right yeah she has yeah. like this really scarlet like hmm hair and she's got these big black uh, frame glasses she, but uh, in that one they her, her backstory is that like Marvel the alien as he was dying transferred his powers right to her because yes. he was captain and because like this, this whole thing she's like I don't want to be called Captain Marvel that's not my right. title that was his and this whole thing actually well or at least in, in the Kelly C. DeConnick run I don't know I don't think I don't know if it's originally at least I don't think it's actually when he dies okay um I think it's that he's there and there is a machine that explodes and she oh. gets kind of rope because she was like a recurring character in his comic before that point and then she's there and the machine explodes and mm-hmm. then she gets powers based off of that as well okay um, because he dies of cancer oh <laughs> later I, on I, I don't want to I don't want to say that would make a better movie particularly because like we're talking about how it, it's this is kind of similar to a bunch of other movies right. and that maybe that's a little too close to into the spider-verse um, in term or really any movie where, where you have a young protege who's taking yes. on the mantle yeah. of the older hero but i i don't know i feel like that automatically just sounds more compelling to me than this i i think yeah. there is a and a, well I was going to say, I think there is a element of them trying to be like, we, we don't really want to... Because the original Captain Marvel, or Miss Marvel was what she was back then, mm-hmm. um, 
had some very sexist storylines sure. done about oh, just, her. Oh, just her costumes. Yeah. I mean, yes. It's ridiculous. Uh, but also, like, sexual assault that sort of mm. gets waved away. Um, oh, Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's some stuff that's like, why did any? I you mean, know, this I was, was watching this movie and I said, man, that's that's <laughs> what was missing in my that's... Captain Marvel. <laughs> um, there, there's a little. I mean, that was like, I think later in the '70s when comics were kind of like, I guess we're dark now. Yeah. Um, also, or, there's or cocaine maybe, maybe, in the back know. room. Um, if, you have, but... if you've ever got a break and you need to get excited <laughs> for your art, yeah. Uh, so I think I was going to say I think there is an element of them trying to be like, oh, we don't want to like. We want to sort of divorce it from that, and we we don't yeah. want to have her like get the powers from a guy, sure. who's like, That's oh, it's the, this other male. But at the same time, if I, I think it's brilliant that they made Captain because it's originally Captain Marvel. Yeah. yeah, I think it's brilliant that they made her a woman in this, so you could just have it be that, just be like, oh, yeah. she's she's yeah. a female, a yeah. long-standing and, and, female Kree warrior or something like that. And especially if they had cast, and this is Annette Benning's awesome. Like mm-hmm. she's good, and she's just awesome in general. If, if, especially if they ended up casting a woman who is known for like being a, I don't know who this would be like who is, I don't know a woman who has played a lot of like superhero characters or something playing Wendy Lawson. Then you would also have the meta passing of the right. torch to Brie right. Larson. Right. So I don't really know who that would be. I mean, like Lucy Lawless. Oh my God, Lucy Lawless. Sure. That's the answer right there. I, I was gonna, I was gonna say potentially if uh, if she hadn't done Ant Man the Wasp, but Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. yes, for sure. Or even like. She might be a little too young, but like Katie Sackoff, who yeah. literally played a cool pilot. A space I do pilot believe people were pushing for her to play Captain Marvel when she they announced was, the movie. She was one of them. Her and Catherine Winnick from Vikings, yeah, right. who Catherine Winnick basically looks like Captain Marvel from the comics, walked off the sure. page. Yeah. Uh, Hofsky was tossed around. Um, a couple, lots of like blonde women in their thirties, yeah. <laughs> you know, right? Who are all great. Like Catherine Winnick's dope. I love Amonstrahovsky mm-hmm. very, very deeply, and Katie Sackoff is super cool. Um, but yeah, like, okay, I love Annette Benning, but Lucy Lawless would have been awesome. Sure. But what that means is Lucy Lawless gets to be in a different MCU sure, movie. Sure, sure. It's like how they, the, Heaven Feige says something about they've constantly tried to get Keanu in one of these movies, mm-hmm. but they haven't been able to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that means he gets to be something amazing. Yes. Beta Ray Bill, maybe? I don't know. I mean, ah. Don't, Rami- don't feed into Tyler's desires. My other thought was, what if Rami That is ba- not a thought I've had before as possibly the world's greatest Beta Ray Bill fan. Or what about Robbie Malik? Because Robbie Malik already has like a weird thing with his teeth and his S's. <laughs> um, <laughs> a horse, kind of. I don't know, but like you gotta. I think you gotta either if you don't do something like that, which that that feels like a very like Taika Waititi thing to do to just oh, be like yeah. somehow just be like I'm gonna get Ke- Keanu. No, can Keanu's I get Keanu for this? He, well, he got Goldblum, so yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just like can I can I do him? <laughs> or I mean, Kate Blanchett in that as well. You know, it's yeah. kind of just like getting these random like high profile. Now I'm just like, imagining. Okay, so you're doing this. Just, so, so you've got Natalie Portman, Thor. You've got Chris Hemsworth, Thor. You've got you've got Tessa Thompson, Valkyrie. You, you've got you, you've got Keanu Reeves, Beta Ray Bill, and then you've got Korg. <laughs> you've just got that is that is the greatest lineup yeah. in cinematic history. Because now now Keanu, if he's ever going to join the I, MCU, it has to be the most perfect character. And I you know? really want to see what Keanu would do with mocap. Uh, hammer swinging, oh, like yeah. like how would he he bring his physical acting? Because that is, I mean that's like what he's. Could you oh, imagine really a John Wick himself. sequence, yeah. but it's just Beta Ray Bill yes, instead? Just, <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking of like the the opening of Thor Ragnarok where, he, where Thor is smashing through, but like with someone who's even more sort of like technically trained. In oh yeah, physical, you know, like action. 
Um, All right. And, and the more lies. You sold me on it. Let's I, do it. We're, the we're only... locking it in. Taika Waititi, call us. <laughs> no, 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 no. The only other thing that I think you, you might want to hold off on, on, on committing just yet is because the only other option would be Galactus. So... Oh. There is that. Yeah, I'm the destroyer and the eater of worlds. <laughs> I, I was gonna say Keanu Reeves isn't really known for having like like a like a super cool voice. But I don't know that you like I I wouldn't want. I mean, it would probably work if you just fine if you had someone with like a massively deep voice doing Galactus. Um, but oh, oh. now I was just thinking about that. It'd be awesome. Yeah, but at the same I was time, say Michael Ironside. I, sure. I'd like I'd at the like, same time. Galactus is such a weird character, and if they want to do him right, they got to do him weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I would I think you could do something really fun with that if if it was like. I'm just imagining Keanu with a giant purple headdress and like, <laughs> and the fact that he's already not a very like emotive actor. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's. I, I think you could. I think that would work better than you might imagine it would. But at the same time, getting something that plays on his charm and sweetness would sure. also be really sure. fun. Sure. I don't know. He's so good. Oh my god! Because well, I don't know if they'll ever bring um, Sif back, mm. and I don't remember how this turns out in the comics. But in the original run with Beta Ray Bill, Beta Ray Bill and Sif are like a thing. Oh wow! So that 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 would be oh, kind of fun wow. if they do. I, I was just imagining Keanu Reeves shows up as Sif with with the long <laughs> black hair. Yeah. Why did you leave me, Thor? And a bunch of tattoos because he also thought it was blind spot. <laughs> Or you've got the last time we saw each to... other was the Dark World. You remember the Dark World? <laughs> or we've got Keanu Reeves trying to woo Natalie Portman Thor. You know, these are options. Oh wow, <laughs> that would be so. Good. As a horseman, I should. I should uh, <laughs> as a horseman, well, as a horse, I need a lot of speed. <laughs> like the drug, <laughs> I need so much of it. Ah, I just love him. Yeah. I'm happy with this. Yeah, that would be good. I it, and that almost feels like. That's what's going to happen now that you've said it. Like I just that feels <laughs> I like spoke oh, it into being because I've been. That, we that did call Mackenzie Davis showing up in a Terminator we did. movie, we really so did. this isn't the the first time this it's this will have oh, happened. Ooh. And we called when they did that Back to the Future Terminator Alien <laughs> crossover. You know, hey, is, would Schwarzenegger be a good Galactus? Yeah, I'm eating I all of the wells. I think the that is. I think that's very much like the thing you do if. You're going like very yeah, just right down it. the line, and I and I think that that could work. I will well. send my herald to go to Earth. His <laughs> name is Edward Furlong. So what, what's the? I'm trying to think of what the best director <laughs> to do that would be, though, because like, I think James Gunn or Taika Waititi would both have fun with that. But I I don't David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> no, David Lynch is Galactus. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that last planet I was at, I just got such a headache. A headache. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, everybody. I, I, It's just that whenever I eat a new planet, it's like my head is full of bumblebees. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, my. No. To, 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 that would, and that would not be complete. I think, like... Taika could do would do I that. Think, He'd yeah. just be like, "What if we got David Lynch for this?" And Kevin Feige would be like, "What? <laughs> what if we did?" Uh, okay, how much is this prank going? Yeah. Why is this good? <laughs> oh man! Now I will say because Comic Lachlan obviously had a, 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 a character run on Agents of Shield. If that's retconned, Comic Lachlan can join. Mm-hmm, MCU. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've already had 
TV actors crossover yeah. Yeah. into the movies. Like Mahershal Ali's going to be Blade, so yeah. mm-hmm. we like we don't care. Yeah, we've kind of completely separated the. I'm, I'm really stoked for him as Blade. Yes, that's going to be really be very good. good. What Kyle McLaughlin? I mean, you what? <laughs> David Lynch Galactus, Kyle McLaughlin, Silver Surfer. <laughs> <gasps> oh man, they would just be like the sweetest guys. <laughs> And they have the exact same relationship they do on Twin Peaks. And that's what makes uh, uh, Galactus so scary is you don't realize, like, because you think, well, he's such a sweet guy. He's not evil. Everything's fine. And then he just destroys. And Galactus' world is just like a a planet. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. That'd be so good. (laughs) Kyle McLaughlin's flying flying through on the board just, Diane, they have such lovely trees here. (laughs) He's shooting over the forest. Because I mean, they're they're now they're clearly like you know what we're doing ten rings. We might get Denzel mm-hmm, as Magneto. Mm-hmm. Let's just go for it. We are clearly like mm-hmm. trying to get creative with our casting. I mean, I think I think if you're gonna do if you're because <laughs> we're we've decided this is happening. If you're gonna do David Lynch in the MCU, yes, um, I think you got to go something weird from Doctor Strange or Modok. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. John Hodgman would also be a great MODOK. So would Patton Oswalt. But David Lynch's MODOK is really good. I think Patton Oswalt is too sort of... I mean, it, it would be fun. Yeah. I, th- I don't think it would necessarily be, like, as weird, as again, perfect, as it needs yeah. to be. Because, like, a lo- like when, you, when you're talking about MODOK, you're talking about Galactus. Um, okay. You're, you're talking about that kind of group. You need weird. You yeah, need... St- yeah. I mean, you need Jeff Goldblum... Goldblum Grant, because, like... On a real sort of storytelling like level, like even though that is hilarious, like mm-hmm. everything Goldblum says is just insane. Yeah, it also does actually a pretty good job of making it very like, oh, this is very strange and like yeah, not yeah. at all like of of Earth and like making this like, oh, this right. is someone who's just completely it actually serves. Of, blah, blah. The, yeah, you know, it, it does it does actually have a, a purpose, and I think you that's how you do it is you make it crazy and hilarious and like the entire time your jaw is just dropping from like why am, what is happening on yeah. my screen right now? Yeah, so. We can get Pat and Pat Oswalt in there too, but just not. Yeah, because I mean, because he, he was on Agents of Shield. But if we can do a yes. crossover, I'm like, because I know he's such a big comics fan. I would love for him to have like a really uh, a cool, yeah, yeah, in the yeah. in the movies. I think that would be really cool. Because Stallone's already in there. He's in yeah, the, yeah. he's in Guardians, so we just need a good a good Schwarzenegger moment. We'll find it. We'll find it, guys. Anything else? Uh, I've, I've, I've got a few Marvel. items left on my list. That's just, that conversation just sort of exploded into something completely different. Yeah, run them down real quick. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I'll try. I'll try to run th- throw them real quick because I, I feel like we're we're about done here. Um, I found most of the fight sequences to be fairly bland and uninspired. I agree. Um, specifically, like I, I know y'all like the uh, Jude Law Brie Larson hand to hand fight at the beginning. Um, well, I didn't like it so much as I understand why it was there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, that's—I don't think that's necessarily supposed to be like a, yeah, a knock you off your feet. Yeah, it's no, scene. but at the same time, there's a lot of sped up footage in it, and it yeah, bothered yeah. me. No, yeah. Um, also, a lot of the fights, particularly the one where she's she's got her hands stuck mm-hmm. in the, the little uh, canister things, mm-hmm. and she's trying to mm-hmm. just beat up guys. Um, I felt like a lot of it was shot up really close, and I. Mm-hmm. Was having a hard time getting a sense of the geography for a lot of it, and that's again um, one of those things that I I hope that's just the directors being uncomfortable. So I think yeah. I think we'll we'll talk about this. Uh, John Watts got a little bit more 
the creative with his his you know the way he shot things in the mm-hmm. in Far From Home. Gotcha. So I'm hope and you know that was a big. I know that was something you particularly were were pretty frustrated with was the way um, Homecoming was shot. And so I'm 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 hoping that we see a little bit more sort of development. Um, yeah. Uh, well, it's just weird because I, I feel like a, a scene like that where particularly like it's a closed set and there's mm-hmm. just like hallways and stuff, I feel like that's just a really cool scenario to just yeah. have like a long take fight scene. Yeah. Like yeah. that just sprung to mind when I was watching in the theater. Like, <laughs> the the oh, Netflix why is... shows have, have primed you too well. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, even the bad ones. But, but like, yeah, yeah, it was weird. I was watching that, and, and like, immediately in my mind, I was going, I feel like this should just be a long take of her just, like, running down hallways and just beating up people. Yeah, like I don't a know. boy. Um, but, yeah, none of the action scenes really stuck out to me, yeah. and then at the end, she's just kind of flying around, and it's mm-hmm. a light show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, since I'm weird about action scenes, and most of the time, the action's not what I'm there for anyway, mm-hmm. like, that, that, I'm not knocking off a whole lot of points for that, it's just... No, it's, I, it's I agree. There. Though I, there, there was not a real standout right. set piece. Yeah. I did. I thought it, the the one where she actually realizes her full powers is a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought it where was fun. Y- yeah. They play. Yeah. Um, what's the song? Is it just a girl? Yes. That? Yes. And, I, I I thought that was fun. I, I thought that was a nice way to going back to the political stuff. That was like a nice little way of yeah. of kind of being like female empowerment without like beating me over the head with it. Yeah. I don't know. Um. It, if the movie was going to do that, which I'm not, I'm not wholly against that, but just in terms of not being super pandering, I think mm-hmm. that's right. the appropriate Doing, way to do making that. it more meaningful. Yeah. By, and be by like, more. oh, this is this is the moment where she kind of stands up and she accepts yes. who she is, and she's yeah. gonna like fully give in to you know who she is and yes. like what she wants to do, and then it plays that song. I don't know. Yes. I, I thought it worked. That little, um, that little montage right before it of, of the girls all standing. Okay, up is, is that's so sweet. that was when I cried. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's that's yeah. one thing I completely forgot when I was kind of talking about my, my issues with her character arc despite all that that is yes. a wonderful moment and I yeah. like how they they do set that set that up early when they're looking into her mind and they're like oh there's there's all these scenarios where she keeps falling and yeah. then we cut to she she still gets up every time oh my I, God. I like I'm getting tight thinking about it now oh my yeah God. It's, that, yeah yeah even in a movie where I was like oh, okay whatever that is so well right. done that I was yeah. like oh man this is very that was the novel. one moment where I was like super excited for Captain mm-hmm. Marvel as a sure. character yeah for sure oh and just I was like, like okay even if, even if it's like for ten seconds I'm like I get it mm-hmm. no I thought it was great I, yeah. I agree and uh, featuring McKenna Grace who played young Tanya Harding and I Tanya. Oh, I still need to see that. It's good. It's really good. Um, let's see. There's a couple of just minor nitpicky plot things I had questions about. Maybe y'all can help me with this. Um, so when she goes to the bar and she's having like the flashbacks of like her and Lashana Lynch just hanging out, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. I actually like that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're not like full scenes. She's just kind of remembering small moments. Um, but then Nick Fury just shows up. And I don't know how he found her, or even how he showed up at the bar before her. Yeah, that seemed the like the maybe there's a maybe there's a deleted scene that yeah, felt that felt very uh, Spider-Man one Sam Raimi like super <laughs> cookie cutter plot. Right. Sure. Um, and then also I, along with the cat, I did like Goose. Um. Why doesn't the Goose attack earlier? Like, it kind of just attacks once. Does he, 
Does he need to? Yeah, because um, they're in the ship that everybody's being reunited, and then Jude Law and all the bad guys just walk in and they're holding Goose. Oh yeah, as someone who's had like, cats his whole life, it's a, it's a very cat thing to do. <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking. It's very and, well. And, like, originally, I, I thought it was even worse when it chooses not to attack and they make a gag out of it. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, Talos is disguised. Yes. That's why the yeah. cat's not attacking him. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I get it. Right. So for me, I'm going. Oh, they actually thought about it, but. Yeah, so then why but didn't they think about it, didn't about think about it before? Yeah. yeah. Talos, I um, feel like, in many ways, almost got the most coherent. They, they, they used him the best, yes. I feel. Yes. Where, like, everything with Talos, where I thought, oh, here we. Oh, no, they did that in a way that was interesting and yeah. different, and I liked it. And, and plus, there's there's really nice, semi subtle setups and payoffs. Like, I love. Mm-hmm. The, they have the gag where, where Fury's like. I, nobody calls me Nicholas or Jacob. They just call me Fury. Yeah, no, and then there's that nice subtle thing where, where uh, Ben Mendelsohn calls him Nicholas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just see Sam Jackson go, but the, what? That also that bit where 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 he because then later or it's either I think it's after that where he says like in Havana. Yeah, yes. and then that's afterwards they yeah. pull that off mm-hmm. again as oh this is a, a oh that's yeah that's yeah. such a great because it's like the first time it's a hint oh this guy's in disguise right. And that's a bad thing. And then it's oh, this guy's in disguise, and it's good. that's a it's great, a little switcheroo really set of payoff. I like it. Yeah, Jonesy Berlin and so forth. Sure. Um, Maybe that was a thing. Is Ray Winston was a scroll in that movie? <laughs> Fair. Uh, my last note is just this was shot after Endgame, mm-hmm. so I think specifically Britain. I want you to keep that in mind because I'll be curious how you feel about it. Okay. Because because Brie Larson didn't really have like a full grip on her character when she yeah. shot Endgame because so much of the stuff comes afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in particular how they handle her and Nick Fury in Endgame is strange-ish. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. And apparently there I, were some a, things where she didn't realize she was shooting Endgame. Yeah. Know? I know like her post-credit scene in the, or the mid-credit scene for this one, she wasn't actually on set. They digitally inserted her. Mm-hmm. Huh. Like, she yeah. got a screen where everything was a, a page where everything was blacked out except for her line. And I was like, why didn't you just give her a post it? Nope. But whatever. Yeah. And well, then, you know, I don't they want to say paper. I mean, what is that about? I just tell her, yeah. I don't want to say too much. I'll, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say I, I'm disappointed at how Captain Marvel was utilized in Endgame. Mm. And I think ultimately she should not have been introduced at this time. I feel like they should have pushed out her solo movie and, and waited until yeah. after Endgame they to do have. this. Mainly because of the way they shot the movies. Mm-hmm. But then, with that after credit scene, I was like, oh, that immediately gets me hooked because their relationship was super strong in this movie. So if her motivation is Nick Fury was taken from me, right. I'm going to go get revenge. Yeah. That immediately gets me more uh, emotionally interested in her, her state of mind. Yeah. There and are then, other... And really handle that in the best way. There are other post-credit scenes that I, I feel like I, I'm not thinking of at the top of my head that do the same thing where it's kind of like... Oh, I'm really hyped for this. Oh, this is kind of not where you're going with this, is it? Um, mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of one. Like, I feel like I've definitely had that reaction before of, like, there's the one thing that gets you really excited, and then they, they sort of do a bait and switch. Um, yeah. I mean, there's stuff like, uh, I think it's the Thor after credit scene, where it makes you think that Loki's kind of taking control of Selvig. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't end up being the case. Right. Well, and I'm, I guess I'm also thinking of, like, uh, Baron Strucker in uh, the end of whichever one that is going into Age of Ultron. Um, 
Oh, where, that's the end of Winter Soldier. Yeah, where uh, you see the the twins, and it's like, oh, and and like you're like, oh, what what's this guy doing? What, what he's got these crazy mutants that he's captured. And then they take him out like ten stuff. minutes into that movie, and then, and then he immediately is taken out. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. Yep, that's 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 all the points I had. Yeah. Um, cool. we, do we want to go ahead and do grades then? Sure. Do you have a recommendation? I do. Uh, this is a quick yeah. one. Um, I, I was kind of I haven't really watched anything recently that I was really crazy about. Um, but I saw. So I recommend Lady Bird. Uh, I, okay. I did want to pick a, a movie with a female director. Uh, I won't. It's fairly recent. You guys, everyone probably knows the basic premise. Uh, it's super great. It's really short. It's like an it's like an hour thirty. Uh, Greta Gerwig made it. It's so beautifully written and so beautifully directed. And Saoirse Ronan is my absolute favorite actor, full stop. Mm. And this might be her best performance. Uh, maybe my favorite performance of hers. Like I think it's amazing. Uh, Tracy Letts is really great. Uh, Laurie Metcalf is really great. It's it's just it's a movie that takes the coming of age young woman who's kind of an alt kid, you know, dealing with her family. I remember I told my sister the premise. She was like, I feel like I've seen this movie. And I went, you think you have, but you haven't seen it done right. Like, we talked sure. about it just 17 and how sure. it, it takes all these tropes and does it correctly. I feel like Lady Bird does that as well. It's, right. it's a movie that is about women, but not like, hey, this is a movie about women. You know, it's just a movie about people, and it's so beautifully handled, and it's really funny. And uh, I, when I, I saw it, and I was like, yeah, this is this is cool. Like, I, I liked that. And I got all teary when I saw Sir Sharona's name because I completely love her. And then it was over the next few days that it, it kind of settled in me. And I went, oh, that was amazing. Like, every scene in that movie is so strong. And I love every, when that happens. I love yeah. when you watch a movie and then, like, it hits you a couple days later. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you're just like, oh, I'm remembering this thing and this thing and this everything works like it just lands mm-hmm. I will say uh, it'll make you want to call your mom or your dad or whoever because it's just it really is about family relationships and it it sets so many things up so well and, and it's just I, I found it really lovely and moving but not like overtly heavy mm. just okay. sweet and well done and just in general hey guys there's a lot of great female filmmakers out there check it out uh, Deborah Granick, Lynn Ramsey Jane Campion you know just David Lynch David Lynch <laughs> Catherine <laughs> Bigelow, you know, just just take a look. Uh, you know, I'm a uh, One Roman was great. Patty Jenkins made some other really great movies. You know, just just yeah. take take a take a tour. You'll find some neat stuff and start with Lady Bird. That is on my list of movies to watch. So I, th- I think you dig it. It's a lot of fun. And also, fun fact, because I always have to tie this in to either future movies or just uh, uh, franchises. Because yes. Um, <laughs> I really am excited for us to watch Dark Phoenix because the whole time you'll be going, but if Saoirse Ronan was Jean Grey, because that was the original idea. <laughs> I wonder what it would take to get Saoirse to do a, a franchise. The I'll only reason the they cast Sophie Turner over <laughs> her is because she has more uh, followers on social media. Wow. Apparently Saoirse Ronan was like the top pick when they were doing Apocalypse. Interesting. And you're telling me this franchise failed? <laughs> also, I don't think Saoirse Ronan is really on social media that much. Yeah. I don't have a lot of social media, but still. Yeah, and, and granted, hey, no shade on Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner is awesome. Like, she's great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and Saoirse is someone who, she's been acting since she was, like, 10 mm-hmm. or something. But she's, you know, 
a classy and a, like a well a very well regarded actor and like right. I'm sure she's been approached for franchise. Your source, uh, she's been. I'm, I'm sure show that she has been. And I and I. Well, I mean, I really, she was in the host, so she's already. She, she's flirted with it. Yeah, one of yeah. the few of her movies I haven't seen. I tried and I couldn't. I was like, one day I will. You mean like like <laughs> she flirted with the? No, is that what is that? Which one is that? What's is that the Stephanie Meyer one? Yes. Is what is that about? Uh. It's it's like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. It's aliens control people's minds, but there's a few like re- rebels that, that okay. are free of control. Is she one of the? Because re- I was gonna say I thought I Invasion think I got that rebels. confused with the one where there's one that came out a while ago where like some girls in love with a zombie or maybe oh warm bodies. Yeah, one body's with Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt. Yeah, it all connects back to X Men. You said flirted yeah. with, and I was like, oh, she's flirted with the zombie, uh, but I guess it's flirted with the body snatcher, or she <laughs> the body snatcher. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, mean, I think she's she's like her human personality and the alien personality coexist. Yeah, so they're like sense. fighting for control. As a man who has read all four Twilight books recently, that makes sense. And as a man who's read <laughs> a lot of Animorphs books, that makes sense. <laughs> Same, same, same. When also, uh, but it's still got the love triangle of like, which of these two bland eyebrow men will I date? They both have high cheekbones. What do I do? Yeah, but it subverts your expectation because you remember how Twilight was set in like like the woods and it's raining all the time. Well, this one's set in the desert <laughs> and it's sunny all the time. And it's sunny all the those time. Really and they've are, got chrome cars. When you think about it, those are the two environments. So. That's true. Those are really? the two only biomes that we have. I mean, I watched Seattle Star Wars and, Arizona. and, you know. <laughs> this land is your land. This land is my land. From, From Seattle <laughs> to Arizona. That's it. <laughs> no, I, just, I, like, I like the idea of repeating. The, just, From Arizona <laughs> to Seattle. From Seattle. <laughs> Phoenix to Forks, from <laughs> Forks to Phoenix, uh, one gourmand's guide to from one side of the country to the other. But yeah, yeah, uh, Saoirse Ronan in general, just take a tour through her filmography. She hasn't done as many great movies as, I, as an actor of her caliber deserves, but the, the good stuff she's done, oh boy, and she is always good. You, you, you will. Some of those movies are not necessarily great, but she is always good. Like, oh man, it just occurred to me that. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your, no. your very heartfelt recommendation. Oh, I mean, which I don't no get me talking about Sasha Ronan. We'll be here all night. No, no, no I was, I was going to say, uh, it just occurred to me that I, I chose Seattle and Arizona, one, one, one being a city and one being a state. Which <laughs> that makes I, it even better. <laughs> and I think they're both in the same side of the country, actually. Well, that, that was the point, was the, yeah, the but one, like, <laughs> I was thinking cities, and I was like, well, wait a minute, yeah, Seattle, that's not right. There we go. Seattle to Phoenix, to Dark Phoenix, in fact. But I don't want to go to Phoenix, because then the Dark Phoenix, yeah, that's yeah, too... Yeah, that's, that's true. I, I like I like everything Arizona? that's just happened here like in the last couple of minutes. <laughs> I bet they had a fun marketing campaign in that city, where they just like kept doing like blackouts and stuff to promote the movie. Or they went to literally every city except for that one, and that's why the movie failed. <laughs> if I worked at a movie theater and we had a blackout during that movie, I would just go into the theater and go, "Guess it's a dark phoenix, huh, guys?" <laughs> and everybody would start pelting popcorn at you and booing. <laughs> like, it's like how during that Smurfs movie, everybody I was like, like, "We live in Houston. What are you?" <laughs> like if anything went wrong during with the projector during the Smurfs movie, I was gonna be like, "Oh, looks like Gargamel got up in the got in the projector, guys, huh? What a weird whoa! We like to have fun here." Um, Alex, what is your letter grade for Captain Marvel? Um, I'm gonna go with a flat C. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with you on that one. Uh. Uh, painfully average is the phrase I would use, even though it, it's not a painful experience. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but but it's it's so much it's one of those things where I see so much of the potential. I see the the you wonderful see, movie you, see flat seat. Mm-hmm. No, 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 you, you see the potential. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see the the wonderful movie that's just trapped somewhere in there. Yeah. And it just needs to be extracted. I'm going B minus. I enjoy okay. the the there there's a lot about this that I enjoy. Um it sort of it lands where it does because you marvel of, shill that's accurate because of <laughs> all the the structural issues but i think it's a ton of fun um i think the cast is excellent and i also just am giddy about the fact that we get a movie that is just about the Kree and the scrolls and like yeah. that's just a thing that now is out in the world and that's not something i ever thought i would see and it makes that's me fair i wish it was more about them sure no i agree too but Again, I hope that is where we take more of this. Am I being too greedy? Am I like oh, baby steps? Are you being too baby greedy? Steps? I don't We're well, still getting there. I, I think that I think that it's not like too much to ask for there to be more progress on that front, given that we're so far into this franchise, and given that you would expect them to be able to like really get the ball running yeah. right away. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't really expect something like this that feels a little more at home and. and it's better than the Phase 1 movies, but it feels a little more, or at least a, a good chunk of them. But it would feel more at home there in terms of the actual pacing. Sure. I, I don't I, know if it's I much know, better than... I know you're going to consult your gradebook for this. I think if you watch that back-to-back with a lot of those... I, I mean, you do like Thor a lot more than I do, I will say. But in general, for me, going back to visit the Phase 1 movies outside of Iron Man, I was very like... He says, I love Thor so much more than him. We both gave it a flat C. Well, you okay. did throw down your Capri Sun and say, another. <laughs> it was the wild oh. cherry flavor, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> sure. That's kind of you, right? You're kind of a wild cherry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Hey, also, everybody out there, Alex had a birthday recently, so reach out on social media mm-hmm. um, and send him a birthday message. We've now talked longer than the movie is. <laughs> you can find him at official David Lynch. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, that, that he was, just gets all these random messages <laughs> that say happy birthday Alex. he would just be like well I hope he has a wonderful hey, birthday Twitter friends I think you found the wrong address but uh, man I'm really glad to hear that you're wishing this guy a happy birthday <laughs> that sounds sweet but now Tyler if they do want to reach out to Alex and wish him a happy birthday or just to find us where can they do that uh, they can they can find us uh, in Seattle uh, they can <laughs> we're 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 slowly you guys, crawling. You guys down are in Seattle. I'm in Arizona. We've we've, gotcha. we've we've passed Canada. We're now crawling down the West Coast right. um, as we do our traveling podcast band. Uh, you, know, you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at hctsequels. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. Uh, and we're also on iTunes. You just give Here Come the Sequels a little search. Yeah, little search is all you need. You That's guys our have, motto here. Have you guys seen the Ballad of Buster Scruggs? I'm not. Okay, then my no. joke will not work. I should have waited until okay. we were off mic. <laughs> I was going to say that you guys were like Liam Neeson and the uh, uh, quadriplegic whom he took around on his traveling show, and then I'm the chicken that joined at the end. <laughs> but that's... Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. This sounds great. super niche. It's the most depressing part of that movie. See, um, the way you describe that, I feel like even if I saw the movie, I'd still be confused as to what you were getting at. I mean, kind of. <laughs> it's a very bleak uh, segment of that film. Uh, but that guys, be it's Coen Brothers. Next week, we're going to be talking about Shazam. Yes. Uh, Don't say it too loud. We couldn't get enough Captain Marvel. <laughs> 
Mazash. <laughs> uh, like a do a real Zatanna, starring my best friend Zachary Levi. Oh no. boy, I love him. This movie is basically tailor made for me. I'm excited to check it out, and uh, we'll try to come in at under two hours next week because <laughs> we literally have oh my been goodness. we have been recording this episode for longer than Captain Marvel is. That's accurate. That's it's okay. We're, we're more casting Keanu Reeves it, and David. Lynch We did it last week and the week before. That's true. That's true. These things happen. You know, yeah, we have a good time. We're friends. We're you know, buddies. We like we like hanging out. We like we're, we like we like talking the stuffs. You yeah. know what I mean? We're, we're movie. Just, we're, we're just we're just three guys who want to see David Lynch and Keanu Reeves yell at each other in mocap suits. I mean, that's really that's really all we're. All I really we're about. do. <laughs> we're just a couple of movie buddies. That's what we are. And of those movie buddies, I've been Britain. Uh, artist subjective. Nothing, do I feel like it just, it just <laughs> doesn't work. It just we gotta. I feel like we need. Do the, I need the, to have a different sign off? I feel like we gotta have like the, the well, because because now you're you're sign off with your name, and then we're not. Okay. I feel, okay. Like, I, I feel like it would work better if Britain did it second. Maybe I'm wrong. So. We'll, we'll figure it out. I'll, I'll figure it out off mic. See. You no, guys we're figuring week. it out right now. <laughs> we're here until we've at least crossed the runtime of Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> that episode probably will. I mean, let's be real. That's very possible. Take that, Joe Rogan. Um, we're coming for you. <laughs> Can that be our new sign-off? <laughs> I don't want to. He is a very big man. 